I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I'm Tom Prerath Bionic. Uh oh, you've been doing some prophecy studying, sounds like. My goodness. It has been like the Prerath study hall over at the Bionic household. Well, that'll be interesting. Well, I look forward to talking with you about that. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you for another week of the Future Quick Show. Uh, this week's going to be very different than what we normally do. You normally mm-hmm. know we do Monday through Thursday, uh, our segments of our interview with a guest every week, followed by our Friday news segment. Well, <clears throat> we've been thinking all summer that we've had so many stories that we never get to that are important that we wanted to cover mm-hmm. and talk about that we needed to do a week just with news. Yeah. And it gives us a chance to catch our breath because the guests for the last couple of months have been pretty exhaustive in terms of preparation for them. make you pretty negative about everything. (laughs) Well, just just the physical time taken for it. So this is a good time for us to focus on uh, some news and some stories Mm -hmm. uh, that we'd like to do. And uh, we'll go on and get get cracking in this. But I got something Mm -hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot to ask you about, uh, Brother Tom. Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance? We're recording this on Election Day. Mm -hmm. I know you had a crazy, crazy day where you were. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to... Run by the polling. Ching. You did? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. I did run by the poll. Cool. Well, I did too. And uh, it was a very interesting mm-hmm. uh, uh, process. I think since uh, this will air after the... Well, the polls are closing here right now. Mm-hmm. And this will air afterwards. I was uh, going to mention... I, I well, The main reason I went is I wanted to vote. I, I read on the governor candidates that we had. Did you vote for like a Black Panther guy or something? No. No. I voted for Carl Two Feathers Whitaker. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I was very impressed uh, with his. He was staunchly pro-life. He oh, uh, was against the state tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was against the forced health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he believed people need to be taken care of. He was a compassionate person, but felt like imposed by the uh, by the you know federal government was the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. And he had a number of other beliefs that lined up mostly with what I thought. Huh, that's interesting. And uh, Did I he t- have a specific party he was running no, on? No, that was the best part of it. Oh, sweet. I felt like he dignified win. He dignified himself enough by not, you know, soiling himself with being, you know, part of the mm-hmm. first, the two political parties mm-hmm. that um, you know, and we know people are turning their clothes right now. I think you didn't yeah. vote for that one certain party. Yeah, I know. Yeah, even though I voted it's for that one certain party. It's all to not vote for one of the two parties. I, I voted for... According to some other radio broadcasters. I voted for the generally conservative party, uh, the Republicans, and for my entire life until the last go-around when I actually voted for the pro-life candidate, uh, Chuck Baldwin. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, all, like on the pro-life issue, just to take this one issue, mm-hmm. you know what, Roe v. Wade was 73... And so it's been 37 years. It's been over a third of a century. And both parties have been in power. The mm-hmm. Republicans have been in power for the majority of that time. Mm-hmm. What has been done, really, tangibly, to save life after all the promises, all the campaign rhetoric, all of the groups that appeal to us, particularly in the Christian community, sure. what have they really done? Um, nothing that I know of, unless you count Ron Paul, who... Ron You're, Paul's the only one who's actually he's, he's submitted legislation like to stop three or it. Four legislation, yeah, legislative amendments, I believe. And of course, the the religious community in America is staunchly against him. 
even though he's the only one trying to defend the unborn with actual legislation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, as if I recall correctly, the Democratic National Convention kind of has pro-abortion as part of their uh, yeah. platform. Sure. So that's right. Um, but then again, it's like, do you? At, at, mean, least, at least they're, they're up front about it. About it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas the other party says, "Oh, it's really important to us. It's really important. We're going to do some." And then it's like Lucy holding the football for Charlie Brown. Come here, I'll let you kick it this time. This time we're going to really do something. Yeah. And uh, you, I mean, how many re- Republican politicians do you see really fall on their sword and say, "I'm going to jeopardize my career for what's right for doing something related regarding the unborn?" Yeah, well, I mean, that would require a whole level of self-sacrifice that would tend to preclude oneself from being a politician. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I I thought it was very instructive when I believe it was Chief Justice Roberts who was. Arguably one of the most conservatives. Mm-hmm. I'm not a real court watcher yeah, anymore, right, but right. Uh, he was, from, from what I've been able to discern, a pretty conservative appointment. Mm-hmm. They asked him about it uh, because he had said he had felt that it was Roe versus Wade was illegal because it imposed, uh, it, it conflicted with the Tenth Amendment, Ninth and Tenth Amendment, mm-hmm. and uh, in a previous ruling as a you know state or federal judge. Circuit Court mm-hmm. judge, and uh, which is said, exactly what Ron Paul was trying to do. Yeah, was to show that it violated it to go back to the states. Yeah, and chief, uh, and and then uh, 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 now Chief Justice Roberts said at that time during his confirmation hearing, he said, "Well, don't worry, I'm not going to touch it," which I thought was yeah. really weird. Yeah, I yeah. didn't quite understand. That's that. the exact point I'm going at. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they'll sacrifice that quickly. Once they've used it for their purposes, mm-hmm. but they don't want to. You know, for example, if somebody even on one of the the politicians on the board for mm-hmm. Supreme Court nominees, if they made a real big scene about that, they would take a lot of ridicule for that by not playing ball. Yeah, I mean, I call me call me Captain Obvious, but you know, when you watch the footage of the actual Bohemian Grove cremation of care and you mm-hmm. find out that most of the conservative national leadership attends there every year right it's like for me it's like mean where they're over. burning and uh, simulate an infant yeah on an altar yeah in front of a giant stone owl yeah. and yeah. there's people dressed up in crazy you, you know, think there may be some inconsistent in being pro pro-life and pro-child and doing that yeah okay i think there might be yeah, i'm just going to call you crazy then that's fine okay. you know that's actually a d according to dsm4 that's actually um uh, if I resist authority, yeah. apparently I am crazy. Really? Yeah, the newest version. Well, according to Obama's uh, thing on right-wing extremism, you're a bunch of you're terrorists too, and a bunch of other stuff. That's too. fine. You know, I've been. It, it's funny. We've had this conversation on the phone um, about the whole idea of looking at yourself as a Christian, just sort of being dead. You right. Know, like I'm dead to the world, and sooner or later they're going to come get me and you know beat me with a stick. I just quoted that to somebody. Months. I quoted you to somebody else saying that was the right mindset to have. That's scary. Yeah. I was quoting Tom Bionic, oh and I was gosh. saying, once you consider yourself dead, mm-hmm. it liberates you to do what you need to do. In other mm-hmm. words, if you say, not to be negative, but to say, if you really live the Christian life, odds are pretty high. You're going to pay a big price. Sure. And if you assume this stuff's not yours anyway to have and that you're going to give it up, you know, eventually, mm-hmm. and it's at the Lord's calling mm-hmm. and timing. Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of liberating. Yeah, um, uh, looking back on on looking back on just today and all the crazy things going on, uh, I was really frustrated about different things. And then I thought of somebody like Richard Wormbrand, mm-hmm. you know, who got the stick just about every day. Yeah, you know, oh, he had it easy. Yeah. 
He didn't have to talk to anybody for like three yeah, years. Yeah, he's like, he was I'm, just gonna take it, I'm just going to relax here. It's uh-huh. just sort of a, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's breathing down his neck. All right. It's just him and a guard with felt-tip shoes. Mm-hmm. And a rubber truncheon. Yeah, 30 feet underground. Yeah. I think at that point they'd actually quit beating him regularly. And they probably got tired. Yeah. It didn't have the desired effect on him. He kept praying for him and yeah. loving on them. Yeah. That, that takes a lot of the fun out yeah. of the beating. They're such a moving... Uh, I hate to derail our news thing, but man, there's the Tortured for Christ book. I have to only read about a page at a time because I start yeah. crying and weeping, and yeah, just know. it's so amazing. And there was this one guy. And you would still recommend all of our listeners read it, right? I I would say that should be required reading, right? right. Basically, um, but there's this one part where this where this guy he's got tuberculosis, mm-hmm. and his family sent him this package of the cure you know they right. found the whatever would cure him for at whatever the cure was for that yeah. for it at that time and uh the the warden there said i could give you this but i'm not going to and uh i will give you this if you just you know renounce jesus yeah and uh he said he said I, well i just can't do that uh-huh. and then he said well you don't okay so you don't have to renounce jesus just just inform on some of your friends, and I'll give you this cure. Yeah. And he said, uh, could I pray for you? And then, of course, the rubber truncheons came out. Yeah, you know? right. And then he ended up dying in prison. It's like, man, that's just, gosh, that's powerful. He gained a pretty high resurrection, didn't he? A greater yeah. resurrection, as the yeah. Bible says. This, this other, lady, Varia, uh, other lady, Varia, mentioned also in the same book, uh, she got converted. She was like the head of the local communist party in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, she had beaten other people and then gotten converted. And uh, she went, they had like the big communist meeting for the month, like, yeah. you know, like the big AMSOC right. kind of thing from, uh-huh. you know, 1984. And she got up there and preached this 45-minute long sermon about about how awesome Jesus was in Christianity and how communism was all messed up. Yeah. And uh, I guess they like had to pull the plug on her and they yeah. sent her to Siberia and she said it was the thing. She said it was the thing that she had been looking for her whole life. It was know? an opportunity she had. That's yeah. how she saw it. Yeah. Um, and I guess and the people in the underground church said, they're going to put you away. Don't yeah. You don't have to do this. And she's yeah. like, no, I totally got to do this. But what if what if you every Christian did that? What if, What would be the impact on the world if every Christian became dead? And said, I'm going to do what I really believe in. I mean, the world couldn't hold up under that. It'd be pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, they would be exhausted from beating us, but, yeah. but they, they couldn't, they couldn't hold up to people who didn't care what they did. You know, and, and to put a counter on it, you know, you've heard about terrorism mm-hmm. and about these suicide bombers mm-hmm. and how worried terrorist experts are because they said, what can you do to stop somebody willing to kill themselves? Mm-hmm. You're very limited in what you can do to stop, stop their impact if they're willing to take their own life for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Well, put it from a Christian perspective. If you're willing to give your life mm-hmm. for what you believe in, that is so powerful. Well, it's interesting you mention that because I've been looking at the the ramifications of the American dream on mm-hmm. Christendom. Yeah, I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that that might be poison with us without anybody really knowing mm-hmm. it. Another idol. Yeah, it's another idol. Yeah, it's like yeah. an injection of, uh, of of just lethal cyanide mm-hmm. into a otherwise well, healthy body. Well, God may be at work in our life because uh, 
in in, in, in our broke, country. Broke, well, in our country, because jobs. the American dream is sort of becoming unraveled anyway. Well, you know, and so that may be God's way of winning. You know, Brother Robert. It's funny. I had this conversation with Brother Robert a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and he said that he said that he was um, uh, he had some friends that were computer programmers and this. Yeah. Uh, uh, the guy that helped t- teach him how to program in C plus mm-hmm. had a son who was a computer programmer who had a business and the right. the business went belly up, and out of that the fruit that was born is that that couple who owned the business took it over from the father, uh, Robert's friend. That couple is now in Yemen, like working with some far out mm-hmm. tribe out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and there's hundreds of people coming to the Lord over it. So, I mean, because their business failed. Yeah, because our business yeah, failed. Provided yeah. a door. Yeah. You know, that's a funny segue to an announcement we have. <laughs> it's funny you brought that up. Uh, and this was not planned. But there's something we need to bring up with our audience that um, has a direct impact on the Future Quake show. And it's something that's now in the press. So we can talk about it now. Really didn't know much. Didn't know anything was official. Um, but now now it's out there. We, we have now been officially notified, and it's on the Internet, that another company is buying... The radio station that airs our show uh, every day uh, to be you know uh, and this new station is going to be taking over at the beginning of this month the first of December 2010 so we're literally weeks away uh, mm-hmm. from that and we've been notified that they have a different format mm-hmm. uh, it's not quite clear I've, I've seen it described places like urban or more what you call black gospel kind of mm-hmm. thing uh, but they said they have their own programming I don't know if it's syndicated or not mm-hmm. um, but um, anyway, I've not been able to reach hold of these people to find out if there's any possibility. But um, we have been blessed with a very, very special relationship with WNO, with the current staff. They've been so good. And um, without going into the fine details, it was a God thing, the, the circumstance they made available for us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for two and a half years... They have provided us to dramatically in, in increase our audience, mm-hmm. and and actually we were at the point of thinking about sort of folding up tents back in uh, spring of 2008 when mm-hmm. we were sort of getting uh, yeah, out getting, out of the sink of of yeah. the prior station we were at, yeah. and looked like maybe Speaking that was anything. Persecution. <laughs> well, and and uh, just sort of laid a fleece out for WNO, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody else was a door slam. Of course, we don't have any credentials we don't have any money we don't have any we got some awesome hair any skills anything it. like that right we got a you know good good dog part of a staff puppy um but um anyway something happened and they were willing to put us on yeah four o'clock every day i mean a prime spot mm-hmm. and they've been consistent for two and a half years mm-hmm. uh, we'll be right at two and a half years now Nary on the station problem. They have never asked a thing of us. They've Mm -hmm. never done anything but promote our show. They've run promos for our show during the radio station during the day. Mm -hmm. And all we do is just upload our shows to them and and go from there. And I just want to thank them so much for being used to God Mm -hmm. um, to provide this opportunity for us to reach a lot more of you all out there right now. If you are listening to us via the radio, which we always love when you do, uh, in your car, we know somebody we met at our church recently who actually listened at lunchtime, second mm-hmm. shift, that go listen to our car. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how we, we were able to meet them. If you are, um, I would suggest you might, and you would like this to continue, um, to drop an email, to go to WNO.com and drop an email there or WNAZ. Uh, and what I would also do, I can give you the name of the company because it's on the Internet and, and the owner, 
Uh, I have not been able to get contact information, but if that pops up, uh, you might want to contact them too. Uh, the company's called Anchor Broadcasting, and the name of the, uh, the head of his name is Russ Jones. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you might, if you'd like to continue this, let him know. But, um, if that is not meant to be, uh, we've already talked about some contingency plans to soldier on mm-hmm. in internet world, mm-hmm. where at least half of our audience is, uh, internationally. And uh, we've got tens of thousands of regular listeners there, and we plan to keep doing that. But what we're also thinking is if the Lord is in this, I'll just go on and say this ahead of time, because it, 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 from the feedback we've gotten, it looks pretty likely this will probably be our swan song on WNO, mm-hmm. unless something special happens. But mm-hmm. um, we're talking about possibly trying to restructure our show to be a little more streamlined and to facilitate us have a little bit more time to do some other supporting projects mm-hmm. not that we're going to reduce our efforts in all these areas but uh you know I, i've been feeling like the lord's laid on my heart for some time that we've spent around six years now week after week covering all these topics and we bring in people who are experts on these topics and then we sort of react to them we react with what we've learned over the years accumulated mm-hmm. experience and we react and respond to it and it's a different topic every week and it's just sort of a mishmash we just hit it and that served a good purpose it's done very well but i'm thinking it's time we need to take this information and start compiling it into something that's structured that takes together what we've learned through the years and has some dis- you know additional products that goes out uh to people mm-hmm. who aren't dropping into future quake mm-hmm. Uh, and to be our outreach arm of Future Quake, basically, uh, in addition to the education arm we're doing right now, but to do something where we take all the things that our guests have taught us, put it in some kind of structure in a biblical worldview we believe, and get it out on YouTube or get some books out, mm-hmm. get on some other shows and things like this. So we'll see what the Lord leads. But to do that, um, I have been extremely limited the way we've done Future Quake up to now, in being able to do much other than just keep up with the review of the, our guests, their books, mm-hmm. try to really do some thought-provoking questions best thing can come up with. It's been sort of a, a race every week to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we're talking about is actually uh, reducing the duration of our show, uh, where we would actually go to say, if we're on the Internet, only going to like an 80-minute uh, show. Like a four so, minutes. So that, month. well, uh-huh. what's that? <laughs> I'm just goofing. Four on you. minutes a month, uh, eighty minutes. So we've we've actually had some people who said they'd like to download our show on CDs to get to people. Mm-hmm. So it would probably help them if we'd actually make the show sized for a CD. You know, if we had an inter- if we had an internet listener out there with a bunch of free time and some knowledge, it'd be great to get like a BitTorrent of all of our shows. Okay. Kind of put it out there. BitTorrent, you know, is a way that you can trade files really fast and. Yeah. You know, the, the, I've tried it. It sometimes it takes days for me to get them downloaded. Yeah, but. it depends on what you're downloading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, to me, it's all those WikiLeak documents. You know, yeah. Before I forward them to them, that's what takes so long. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm the same. Yeah, same boat. All those uh, scanner images from the airports and things like that. You mm-hmm. know, um, but but anyway, we're talking about doing that and also um, having less guest, more time bionic. I think that will appease the masses that they have been outside protesting Clearly you forever. Had a blow to the more, head. more bionic. <laughs> so. It's like that, like that troll two quote from the, from <laughs> yeah. the movie. It's yeah. like they do have to make a movie, but he had a severe blow to the head. That's right. Uh, so what we're what we're thinking about is maybe going to a once a month guest format. 
mm-hmm. where we'd have a guest once a month, and the rest of the time we would be having what we're supposed to be doing right now, Tom, uh, is reviewing the news mm-hmm. and doing this because you know our track record for the last umpteen years is we get through about two stories each and we come in with six. Mm-hmm. And we don't cover, like, really, really good stories that are important. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people in our audience who are big fans of Tomorrow's Tremors. I know some people that only listen to that. I don't know why. Really? But yeah. Uh, but they are big fans of it, would like to hear us talk about some more things like this. I think you're making that up. I'm not making it up. I think that up. is a made-up statistic. Serious as a heart attack. I'm seeing a thought bubble up over your head. No. It's, it's got a question mark. That's not true. Uh, not true. It's getting bigger. And don't read my dossier on my CIA background either. So, <laughs> uh, seriously, um, people would like to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure other people might differ, but we're going to do that and maybe experiment uh, if things go as it foresees at the end of this month, and that's going to be just in a few weeks, where we'll go toward this uh, sort of streamlined format, interview once a month, do uh, news stories the rest of the time. But mm-hmm. what we can also do is um, if you find an essay or a blog writing or something longer, yeah. you know, how we've been doing uh, 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 Mr. Luganbill, uh, Professor Luganbill, mm-hmm. uh, we can um, we can actually take some different things like that, talk about review it, and that seems to be very popular with our audience as well, and I think it's useful. Mm-hmm. So, But it's going to make us a little freer uh, to not be so confined by our format. Mm-hmm. So um, if that's you're, you're cool with that, Brother Tom, Sweet. All right. Well, I'll listeners, preach in the streets is kind of my my feeling. What's that? I says I'll preach in the streets if I have to. Well, That's kind of my feeling. It's just is just one step below here. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, if Does you that wa- make you like a like a bum or dr- something, drop us an email if you have a particular feeling on it. Anything that you want to share, we'd like to know what your thoughts are on it. Uh, we've got. Sorry about rattling on all of that. We've got uh, about five minutes. You got a quick story you want to share? Sure. Well, do you have a quick story? Sure. You're always you're always seeding first well, to me. That's okay. That's all Why right. Don't you do one. Well, let me just share it. Um, this is this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. This, some people probably heard about this in the news recently. This is from Washington Post. Uh, study shows alcohol more lethal than heroin or cocaine. Uh, London uh, alcohol is more dangerous than illegal drugs like heroin and crack cocaine, according to a new study. British experts evaluated substances including alcohol, cocaine, heroin, ecstasy, and marijuana, ranking them on how destructive they are to the individual who takes them and to society as a whole. Researchers analyzed how addictive a drug is and how it harms the human body, in addition to other criteria like environmental damage caused by the drug, its role in breaking up families, and economic costs such as health care, social services, and prison. Uh, heroin, crack cocaine, and methamphetamine, or crystal meth, were the most lethal to individuals. When considering their wider social effects, alcohol, heroin, and crack cocaine were the deadliest. But overall, alcohol outranked all other substances, followed by heroin and crack cocaine. Marijuana, ecstasy, and LSD scored far lower. The study was paid for by Britain's Center for Crime and Justice Studies and was published online Monday in the medical journal Lancet. Experts said alcohol scored so high because it is so widely used and has devastating consequences not only for drinkers but for those around them. Just think about what happens with alcohol at every football game, says uh, Wim Vanderbrink, a professor of psychiatry and addiction at the University of Amsterdam. He was not linked to the study and co-authored a commentary in The Lancet. Uh, when drunk in excess, alcohol damages nearly all organ systems. It is also connected to higher death rates and is involved in a greater percentage of crime than most other drugs, including heroin. 
but experts said it would be impractical and incorrect to outlaw alcohol. We cannot return to the days of prohibition, said Leslie King, an advisor to the European Monitoring Center for Drugs and one of the study's authors. Alcohol is too embedded in our culture and it won't go away. King said countries should target problem drinkers, not the vast majority of people who indulge in a drink or two. He said government should consider more education programs and raising the price of alcohol so it isn't as widely available. Experts said the study should prompt countries to reconsider how they classify drugs. For example, last year in Britain, the government increased its penalties for the possession of marijuana. One of its senior advisors, David Nutt, the lead author on the Lancet study, was fired after he criticized the British decision. Sweet. What governments decide is illegal is not always based on science, said Vandenbrink. He would say? Yeah. <laughs> that's like the he, Captain Obvious award of the well, day. That's true. Yeah. He said considerations about revenue and taxation, like those garnered from the alcohol and tobacco industries, may influence decisions about which substances to regulate or outlaw. Drugs that are legal cause at least as much damage, if not more, than drugs that are illicit. Hmm. He raises an interesting point on the uh, taxing. Mm-hmm. Marijuana? People can grow marijuana like in, in a flower pot in the back. Mm-hmm. It's probably pretty hard to tax, isn't it? Yeah. So if you can't tax it, then you might want to just make it illegal. Sort of like how they're doing home re- remedies and homeopathic yeah. things and you stuff know, you like can that. Grow your, you can grow all the food that one person would ever need on one quarter of an acre of land. Really? I, I read that today. Wow. Yeah. Really? A quarter of an acre. That's, I mean... That's just a little bit bigger than the normal house's backyard. I could grow food for like a hundred people in my backyard. Well, I read this story because um, I want to do a show about this uh, for Christians to take a real clean sheet of paper look at this whole issue of drugs mm-hmm. and to try to be as honest as possible about where we stand because we've learned a lot of things where things weren't what what we thought mm-hmm. and and what we've heard. Mm-hmm. And that that's another debunking article right there. Yeah, that says that I don't think we thought too clearly. Well, I wouldn't have a I, I wouldn't have a problem necessarily of 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 making it illegal if it didn't if it didn't if it wasn't being what make what illegal? Um, you know, alcohol and mm-hmm. drugs. But the problem 100% of the time is a it breeds rebellion, which is a huge mm-hmm. problem. And the more the worst problem is that people. I believe within our own government, take advantage of that to uh, mm-hmm. run their own private thing and get around laws. And well, let's know. save that. Let's yeah. talk about that I've in the show. Phew, it's a good thing we're going to go to an internet format because this one, the stuff I think about that one might get us kicked off the air. Well, <laughs> but we need to have an honest forum for people to put yeah. honest opinions on the table, mm-hmm. and to, for for us not to get in a big tizzy about whether we're a good Christian or not because we're we're taking an objective to, look. Like not agree with the you know status quo. Yeah, yeah. We happen to zig when the other fish zag. I'll tell you somebody who doesn't zag is Merv, who can tell you how to contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. He's tough. Well, that's one day under a belt. Sorry I rattled on about pre-news. Yeah. But 
It had to be done. That was important. We look forward to your feedback on our show situation. If you have any other mm-hmm. preferences, suggestions, mm-hmm. pray for us. Pray for the people that are working at WNO right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and come back tomorrow for some real news. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Ciao. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I'm Tom. Da, 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 da. What's the 18 Bio- coming in this? <laughs> I just sometimes. You have I used feel- that before. I don't know oh, why that I? theme keeps coming back. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I think I refer to you as B.A. Baracus yeah. or something like that. I pity the fool who doesn't listen to Future Quake more closely. There you go. <laughs> we need to get Mr. T to do a promo for Future yeah, Quake. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. You know, he had the. He had the TV show for a while, and he had the cartoon. I think he has standards, though. He did. Well, he did have that black van with the red stripe. Yeah. I don't but know. I don't know. Future Quake, I don't know if he'd lower himself. Well, you know. He's I don't probably know. looking for work. Maybe I mean. he'd ride in the future mobile. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you today. As we mentioned yesterday, this is a different week for us. Instead of doing our, our guest in four segments through Monday through Thursday, we are doing all news, or what we call tomorrow's trimmers, mm-hmm. or today's review of the future's news. Uh, it starts to pile up around here. It collects rats, uh, vermin, and things like this around here, so we need to clear out and do some spring cleaning of some important stories because we rattle on so long we never get on mm-hmm. to all the news, we intend. But they're important things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get bummed because we don't get to some of those stories, so... We're going to remedy that, and we're going to start with Mr. Tom Bionics. No, we're starting with Dr. No, I went yesterday. I know, but I'm just making up for all the times that I go first. No, no, you're going, please I'm, don't. If, if I have you're to walk just out of this get, room, you're going to go first. You're just trying to get a special crown and I'm going to I'm going to walk out of the room if you don't go first. Okay, he's going, so I'm going to do it. Okay. But Now, what what I'm going to do this week, some of the newer stories I just downloaded, just mm-hmm. got this week, as is, is a, well as the Goldie, Golden Oldies, mm-hmm. but the new ones are sort of like daily themes. Mm-hmm. So while we go back and forth, I'm going to sort of stay in a little rut okay. each day. You rut. Okay. Um, and these are some things that, this may not be huge eye-opening stuff, but it's things I'm cautioning our listenership to keep an eye on the next two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the most interesting characters to watch is Newt Gingrich. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting himself postured with the... Um, Sort of the Dominionist crown, uh, Apostles crown, and he's a pretty savvy kind of guy. So uh, I just want to share with you a few things that have just come out lately. This this is from the Washington Post, okay? Newt Gingrich, out of the wilderness and into the mix for 2012. Uh, and actually, I've just I've just gotten, out of brevity's sake, the, the last part of this story. Um, and, and closing in the story, it says, There is a question of whether the religious conservatives, who are an important part of the GOP, could embrace an admitted adulterer who's been married three times. And from what I've read, in each case, he started an affair with somebody else while he was married with his wife. And mm-hmm. One of them was in the hospital recovering from cancer when he that went to That seems to be a common theme among presidential yeah. hopefuls. McCain had McCain some interesting things that, there, too. So very similar. All Republican, too. Yeah. Um, I'll bet you they both attended Bohemian Grove. Yeah, and courted religious conservatives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it says, uh, the sponsor says, it's a very fair question, said Jim Garlow, an influential evangelical pastor 
who was a leader on California's anti-gay marriage initiative and now heads Renewing American Leadership. This Jim Garlow guy will come up in several of those stories I have, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jim Garlow is now sort of a hot shot in the, this dominionist political thing. Okay, evangelicals are impressed with Gingrich's intellect, but skeptical of his character, Garlow said. But he noted that he has been struck by how willing Gingrich is, is uh, how willing he is to use the word sin in describing his past and added, even though the evangelical vote is going to expect a high standard, it's very quick to offer forgiveness if they sense authenticity. The biggest transformation for the once proudly secular Gingrich has been, uh, the the one that led to his conversion last year to Catholicism. His speeches, including one Wednesday at Liberty University, founded by late evangelist Jerry Falwell, are now laced with references to God. That place is kind of like the locutus of political, religious nonsense. You know, I don't even know what faith locutus is, but... We should do a show on it. I don't know. I bet he got an honorary doctorate from Liberty. <laughs> well, Mormons, they've been pretty, pretty <laughs> much having everybody. To, yeah. I think Alan Moore is going to take a professorship there. Yeah, he might. Yeah. Um, the, the presidential director is, is open now that yeah. Ergen Cain's been asked to step mm-hmm. down. So They might have Wiccan Week and have you know some yeah. political candidates there. Let's have a unity <laughs> festival for the pagans over here. Um, you know, it's gone so far. I mean, it, it was more independent Baptist for almost its whole life, where you know even Southern Baptists were too liberal for them. Wow. So the times they are changing. Um, okay, it says, uh, we believe it is, and this is a Gingrich saying, we believe it is impossible to explain America without reference to the Creator, Gingrich said. The concept of driving God out of the public square is a concept which would destroy America and replace it with a secular system alien to our entire history. Is that the light from heaven that flashes on the road to Damascus or the one to Des Moines? You know, given where the early... Thing I, is, I can't even. I, like, says, I do uh, have to go out of the room for this. Well, that was a that was a commentary in there. Okay, no. it says it's very clear to me that this is real," said conservative strategist Ralph Reed, the former head of Christian Coalition, who now heads an organization called the Faith and Freedom Coalition. It's given him something he needed. He's much more at peace, more grounded. That's talking about Gingrich. Reed added, "If he decides to run, he'll have a huge impact. Where Gingrich is concerned, that's always a pretty safe bet." So, um, I'll go on and do your story, but I will come back and reflect on some other aspects of this with okay. some related stories. But one thing, if, before I forget to tell our audience, um, he, Newt Gingrich has a reputation for being a New Ager and espousing mm-hmm. New Age beliefs. But to be fair, I don't want to accuse somebody of something like that unless I find hard evidence of mm-hmm. it. I seem to have recollect seeing it, but I cannot find it online or anywhere. And I don't want to accuse somebody of something if, it, if that's really a, a, a phony mm-hmm. accusation. So if you all have any information like that, or Futurians, please email it to us, uh, drfuturefuturequake.com, and um, let us know. Because I, I, he's going to be an important figure in the upcoming election, mm-hmm. and we need to have an accurate understanding of what he's up to. So proceed. All right. Uh, mine is much shorter. Uh, and I like where you're going with this. Mine was short. I just take a long time reading. No, no, no. Well, it was, I think it was very important. Um, Indiana, the state, with benefits about to expire, unemployment offices add armed guards. So mm-hmm. that's how bad mm-hmm. things are getting in Indiana. Armed security guards will be on hand at 36 unemployment offices 
around Indiana in what state officials said is a step to improve safety and make branch security more consistent. Mm-hmm. Don't you just love how they sort of like take something sort of like insane and just... Yeah, nothing to see here. Nothing, there's no coincidence to the fact that all of the benefits are stopping everybody and they <laughs> got they got to build a fortress around the place. I feel like, I feel like it's like, in some sort of like newspaper way, it's like there's like an axe murderer and he's about ready to chop your head off and then somebody like just kind of goes by and paints the whole wall white that he's standing behind. You know, so like it's like, oh, don't don't worry about this guy. He's just here. He sort of blends into the background. Don't worry. If he gets too close, he's going to chop your head off. But How do you find these analogies? Do you really want to know? I mean, that, you have the most unique analogies. Do you really want to know? No, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, when I was in college, I had a really interesting uh, uh, professor who said that he felt that cliches were excuses to think and excuses to uh to feel to not like, think yeah uh, yeah it was an excuse to not think about yeah. stuff and an excuse to be used to not communicate well mm-hmm. and i thought well wow that hit me well what if i just start making up my own clichés they won't be clichés and i will be thinking about mm-hmm. them and it will provide a unique way to uh uh give people an analogy for information and so mm-hmm. it's been honed over the last you know 15 well i years. will give you credit they're unique Mm-hmm. But the, the thing I would recommend to you to give you further advice mm-hmm. is that if you want to make this lucrative, and you know that's all that matters in the world is oh, making sure. money. Oh sure, let's get things. back to the coins. <laughs> yeah, you know, doing things for for mankind's benefit coins or for God's don't glory matter for dead matters. Guys. Is that you need coins to do like for dead guys. The, these futurist people <laughs> like Faith Popcorn? I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's now one of the top futurists, like Alvin Toffler used to be. Her whole thing is to coin cliche terms to describe things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Like nesting, you know, where, where it means that people are staying at home more watching DVDs rather than going out and dancing or something. And she comes up with all these words and she'll go have a book hoping that they'll catch on with people because then she can get, I mean, this is my interpretation of things, she can get higher fees to go be hired by Fortune 500 companies of the future is because these terms have been coined that she's sort of put out there. And some of them are like really obvious and sort of like no-brainers. But that's sort of what the, their parlance. And I think Alvin Toffler sort of started that with Future Shock. Mm-hmm. In fact, even the term Future Shock would be one of the first ones of of that kind of genre. So, But anyway, it evidently makes some nice coin for people mm. doing this. So it's just I'm FYI. just throwing them out there so I could communicate okay. in a unique way where people sort of remember it. You know. I thought you said this is a short story. It's taking forever. I know. It's amazing what happens when somebody's <laughs> talking through the middle of it. Right. You get one sentence in and it's like... Well, meanwhile, the second hand is rolling. So, take me back to Indiana. All right, armed security guard. Indiana. (laughs) Have you ever heard? Do you ever get like and watch Indy 500 and hear Jim Neighbors sing that? I've told you I don't have a TV. I've told the future for like your entire life. You've never seen a TV in a box. The last five years. Okay, because every time the the Indianapolis 500 starts. They always have Florence Henderson sing the national anthem, and then they have Jim Neighbors sing back home again in Indiana. Hmm. So that's what I was simulating. Well, so back to Indiana. Okay, let me just start over. 
There's another song. Indiana wants me. Lord, I can't go back there. Do you remember because that? Because there are security guards. Well, it's about, yeah. Unemployment offices. It's about the cops shooting a guy. He goes back and they said, come out. People, our older listeners will appreciate this reference. And you can hear them say, come out, bring your hands up, and then they just start blasting the guy away. Which wow. is interesting. It's, it's sort very of foreshadowing. Much like, sort of like Stephen Pastor Anderson's experience. Yeah, it's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. To coin, that's that's the one that you've really co- pushed is the foreshadowing term in yeah. Future Quake. Yes. Okay. Um, armed security guides will be on hand at 36 unemployment offices around Indiana, and what state officials said is a step to improve security. And sure it is. Brand security Put pillboxes everywhere. You know, if you mine the area outside, that's improved security. <laughs> like, like spray and like, you know, mm-hmm. like lines to sort of make their fire zone. Like mm-hmm. this is the kill box you got right the, here. That's when right. they get in, get them. Uh-huh. You know, you got the two lines of uh, <laughs> the uh, razor wire. Once they get between them, they just get mowed down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that exactly. definitely improves security. Yeah. No specific in- incidents prompted the action. Department of Workforce Development spokesman Mark Lauder told Six News Norman Cox. Lauder said the agency is merely being cautious with the approach of an early December deadline when thousands of Indiana residents could see their unemployment benefits end after exhausting the maximum 99 weeks provided through multiple federal extension periods. Uh, I think I read in some states they've actually extended another six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the upcoming expiration of the federal extensions and the increased stress on some of the unemployed, we thought added security would provide an extra level of protection for our employees and clients, he said, as he unrolled a bunch of razor wire. Okay, I put that last <laughs> Oh, that was parenthetical. Okay. <laughs> I put the last, that totally parenthetical, the last, last part. Some offices have had guards for nearly two years, but those guards were hired on a regional basis, meaning some offices had armed guards while others did not, Lauder said. Hmm. So... There you go. Hmm. If you go to unemployment office, you better go packing. What they're saying about their state is that it's populated by people who are generally just, you know, violent anarchy types. And so since they know that about their people, that's why they're doing this. Or, well, I don't know. All I think it just says is that. Why don't they put that on their license plate? If you need to go to the unemployment office, come heavy. Yeah. You know? I mean, they could put it on the license plate, Indiana, living on the edge. Yeah, you could do like, like that. You could put, like, prison bars in the uh-huh. middle of the thing. Yeah, know? yeah, just just something to uh, reflect their own opinion about their own yeah. citizens. The state bird is the jail bird, and, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. I just think, you know, that, that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Would you like part two of the saga with sure. the uh, Gingrich and his friends? You know, that was only, like, ten sentences. <laughs> I, man, you're a slow reader. That's all I got yeah, to say. Yeah, I know. Um, who is the man that I haven't mentioned as of yet this week on Future Quake? Rockefeller? No. We're talking about the new star of Future Quake references. Ergen Kaner? No. No, somebody much more than that. Begins to... with a B. Glenn? No. Big... David Barton. Oh, there's so many, man. You I need mean... to come... Said in the show a few times. You, you'd enjoy I'll go it. Stand outside. It's fine. Okay. Uh, this Barton looking forward to alignment of faith and politics. This is in a website. I always feel sheepish quoting, except they have such good information. Right wing watch, mm-hmm. which makes it sound like we're some right wing haters. Which yeah, which is actually further from the truth. We just like consistent people. I just that like are, the truth, and the truth right. is not found in either party, unfortunately. Amen to that, brother. 
Um, okay. Uh, the slogan for the Wall Builders Live, you know, which that's Barton's group. The slogan for the Wall Builders Live radio program has always been the intersection of faith and politics. Sweet. Which is really what we need more, is to blur the line between faith and politics. I know we just need to make it all one. We need to mm-hmm. go to political rallies. And then and Joseph Goebbels would agree with that, and yeah. Himmler, Himmler. Yeah, they had that religion pseudo political thing. Put battle hymn of the Republic in the middle of it as well with my soul. <laughs> I've heard that too many a time. Okay, but it says, but it looks like David Barton and Rick Green are expecting such a fundamental shift with tomorrow's election that they are considering changing that slogan. Okay, here's here's some recitation from their show. Okay. Um, Green says, you picked a great day to tune it. It is the Monday before the big election. Boy, you talk about the intersection of faith and politics. There's going to be a collision tomorrow. And Barton says, well, hopefully there'll be an alignment more than a collision. Hopefully we see an alignment of faith and politics tomorrow because the faith has been there. It's the politics that has been contrary to the faith. And tomorrow, hopefully, we'll get an alignment of faith and politics. Green responds, Man, that would be a good new theme for us, the alignment of faith and politics instead of just the intersection. Now, who's Green? This is his, sounds like his Ed McMahon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ed McMahon? Uh Uh-huh. Great. He says, that's great, man. That was inspired. I think God just spoke through you today, David. Did he, is that, is that a real quote? I'm quoting it, yeah. And then Barton says. Now that, that, I mean, that's all you need to know to say that that is truly a dangerous there's 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 a great amount of danger going on there. Yeah. And then Barton says, I'll take it. I'll take that as a prophetic thing for tomorrow. You bet. Um, and, you know, you think future quakes are rough around, around the edges. We have zero budget. We have nobody assisting us. Mm-hmm. We have an excuse, in yeah. other words. Uh, it says, and I also just want to post this other exchange just for the record in case a certain... Thrice-married conservative leader. This is from the writer of this article, okay? Mm-hmm. I think he's referring to Gingrich here. Mm-hmm. Just in case a certain thrice-married conservative leader decides to run for president and taps Barton to play a role in his campaign. Okay, here's Green again from the show. Green says, What a citizen gives his vote to a man of known immorality, he abuses his trust. Or when a citizen, he abuses trust. He sacrifices not only his known interest, but that of his neighbor. He betrays the interest of his country. Okay? When you vote for somebody immoral. He says, so really, when we go in and vote tomorrow, we're, we're voting f- for our country. We're voting on whether or not our children will get to enjoy the same things that we've enjoyed. Barton says, and you're really voting on character. That's what he said, is to look to the character. If you vote for someone of known immorality, if you vote for someone who has known character flaws, you're a traitor to your country. Now these were the what? these were the people. If you yeah, if you vote for someone with known character flaws, you're a traitor to your country. These were the people, you know, endorsing people like McCain, mm-hmm. you know, who dumped his wife while she's recovering from cancer. Do they have a call-in portion? They've got to have a call-in. Are you thinking about maybe a call-in? Maybe. Yeah. So anyway, I thought I thought you'd really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. There's, there's still connection. That we're going to come back to Gingrich later. So, there another story, buddy. All right. 
Uh, I had mentioned this to you about about DSM-4, which is the Diagnostic Manual for uh, Mental Disorders. Okay. Um, it is now. Explain. Be sure and explain what this is for our listeners. So. Okay. This is from USWGO.com. It's a news source. Uh, DSM-4-TR uh, is is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Orders, otherwise known as DSM-4. Mm-hmm. Um, it is now confirmed by USWGO News that DSM-4-TR, uh, which is a specific version of the manual, it's a newer version, mm-hmm. uh, labels free thinkers, nonconformers, civil disobedient advocates, and those that question authority and people considered hostile toward the government, a.k.a. Oath Keepers and local militias, as mentally ill with the illness titled Oppositional Defiant Disorder, or ODD. Let me, let me ask you a question. I can't. Uh, under Apparently, that, I'm mentally ill. Well, I, I know, but I've known that for a long time. <laughs> I don't need the uh, manual to tell me right. that. Uh, <clears throat> by that definition, wouldn't Martin Luther King qualify for that? Totally. Because of his opposition yeah. to the government policies. So would the Founding Fathers and uh, nearly anybody who's ever changed history. Yeah. You know, Jesus, mentally ill. Martin Luther. Yeah. Probably John Calvin to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, on and on and on. Um, let's see. Uh, Jan Hus would qualify too. Anyway, um, uh Mentally ill with the illness entitled Oppositional Defiant Disorder, or ODD. It was reported on October 8, 2010, from Off the Grid News, that anybody who is disobedient, defiant, a free thinker, or even considered hostile toward authority was to be labeled by psychiatrists as mentally ill. Now, I have got my hands on an on an e-book version of the year 2000 version of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM-4, TR, 4th edition, that's text revised for the TR, okay. uh, by the American Psychiatric Association version, DSM-4, TR. Um, uh, now, as I search up the keywords, oppositional defiant disorder, on Adobe Reader, I found exactly what Off the Grid was talking about. It is now confirmed, basically, that anyone who disobeys authority or even questions authority is now considered mentally ill and can be thrown in a prison-like mental institution under taxpayer dollars. Um, and unfortunately, I couldn't print this out. I, I could read it in a window, but I couldn't mm. get the thing to print. So mm-hmm. um, that I might have to bring that up next week. Okay. Uh, so let's just get to the basics of what this is talking about for those who don't exactly understand what this is saying. Uh, according to the ebook, it states that the essential feature of oppositional defiant disorder is a recurrent pattern, recurrent pattern of negativistic, defiant, disobedient, and hostile behavior toward authority figures that persists for at least six months. So, in other words, so our newer listeners have have uh, an out; you, they can get away from listening yeah. to future quake. Um, that had been six months. Yeah. So, if a student is handing out flyers. Uh, and a teacher says, you don't have a, constitu- a constitutional right to hand out those flyers there, uh, then noncompliance is considered hostile um, or disobedient. Also, if I am with, say, the Oath Keepers mm-hmm. uh, that refuse to obey unlawful orders from authorities, then it also fits them uh, and me as disruptive and hostile towards authority. If the psychiatrists use the ODD illness on regular adults, and I'm sure many disgruntled taxpaying Americans and those that no longer consent to be governed will be forcefully med- medicated 
forced to accept being a slave to society, or stay in a mental prison institution for the mm-hmm. rest of their days. This is what Stalin did in, what, 1984, the book they did. They just dope uh-huh. you up if you yep. had anti-state mm-hmm. tendencies. Yeah, and that's, that's the article goes on for a bit, but that's kind of it. That's kind of the short version. Uh, I'm going to see, uh-huh. you know what, I can, uh, with my new technology... Mm-hmm. I can actually look up that that Adobe. I can't print it for some reason, but huh. I can look up. I can look sure. it up. So why don't you do a story and I'll okay. And I'll find it here. All right, there you I go. Love yeah, technology. And you don't have to listen to me. You just go and do your thing there. Just do like the listeners and, uh, and ignore me. What? But uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going back to Mr. Garlow. Remember I mentioned him earlier, and um, uh huh, yeah. This comes back to Gingrich again. This is another story again from the same. Source, different story, right-wing watch. Uh, this is useful information because these guys are going to be big players in the next two years, I think. Um, That's scary. Talking about Garlow, uh, this, this, his quote is, Satan is attacking marriage and Gingrich is saving Western civilization. New okay. Gingrich is saving Western civilization? Yeah, I'm just going to read a couple of Does he have like a big story. cape and a mask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he flies. a Batmobile? Um, Sorry. Go ahead. Anyway. Uh, he says the uh, the lynch uh, in many respects Garlow is the linchpin tying self-proclaimed apostles and prophets like Lou Engel and Cindy Jacobs with the more traditional religious right leadership like Newt Gingrich. And the video he recorded provides a perfect example. As we've noted several times before, Garlow has deep ties to people like Engel and Jacobs and Seven Mountains Dominionism, which I think is amply demonstrated by the fact that he recorded this video. He's referring to a video here. He's going to quote for Jacobs Seven Mountains themed Reformation Day event because he could not be there in person. In the first part of the video, he provides this long and rather rambling explanation of why Satan is out to destroy our understanding of marriage. Here's, I'm just going to quote the first few sentences, see if you find it interesting. The attack on marriage, this is Mr. Garlow, the attack on marriage is not without careful construction and thought on the part of the secularist. Why would they attack marriage? Number one, in marriage, God says that I am going to create you in my image. No male, uh, I say no male number one, uh, I say no male by himself. It's the full image, the full spectrum of God's image. God is neither male nor female. God has the strength historically associated with masculinity. He has the tenderness historically associated with femininity and nurture capabilities. That being the case, God is neither male or female. Wait, wait, who said this? This is Jim Garlow. Sorry to interrupt. Like, you know, Certainly stands against. Well, you know. Now, if he's trying, I'm not trying to read something into what he's saying. But if he's saying that God is not human, I understand that. But he certainly, if we understand our scripture and take it for what it is, he certainly has masculine personality. Does he not? Mm-hmm. Is he not called our father? Yeah. I don't think he's ever called our mother. Is he? No. Is he ever called she? Uh. As far as, as well as for Jesus and there, the Holy Spirit, there's a very, very weak case to be made that in some contexts, well, it talks talk like about, like a mother taking care of chicks yeah, and stuff like that. I was going to say, and in but some cases, the heavily metaphorical uh, though. Uh, this I think susa, which is a, a, a suffix of, uh, well, susa is horses, but uh, mm-hmm. the uh, susa uh, wrote. Uh, the, the uh, Stars and Stripes Forever. <laughs> That's who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. Anyway, there are some contexts where they talk about the Holy Spirit and it's got a female ending. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that masculine and feminine generally don't mean that yeah. much, especially in Hebrew, yeah. and especially especially in Aramaic, then it's, it's, that's a pretty oh. weak premise. But, but and that's certainly not what he means. The, the feminine nature of God is usually a sign of New Age spirituality. Yes. Right. 
Oh, we're running late here. Um, Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at FutureQuake? FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the shows, topics, or guests, or suggestions for future show, topics, or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Sorry, I was running late there. Yeah, let's get on. Come back, yeah. come back with some more stories tomorrow. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Later. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I'm Tom Ohim Bionic. Tom who? Oh, it's a, it's a, the male plural suffix. Ohim? Uh, uh, Im. Uh, it's like the yod, the little, or the holom and the... Yeah, you're showing off your knowledge yod. of Hebrew, aren't you? Yes, I am. I was afraid you would <laughs> like mem- join Muslim Brotherhood or something. I didn't know. <laughs> That's that was awesome your new that name. you get Arabic and Hebrew okay. totally confused. Didn't know if that was your new name. Sweet. Yeah. It was, it was enough for me to get scared. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you uh, for another day of Future Quake. Um, for anybody who's not caught the rest of this week, and particularly for any new listener that happens to come in, uh, we normally, Monday through Thursday, uh, have a special guest on a topic that will talk with us through Monday through Thursday, and then we do a review of the news on Friday. And this week we are taking a break from that uh, approach and catching up on a lot of news stories we've had for some time. Uh, so we're doing a week of what we call Tomorrow's Tremors, or Today's Review of the Future's News. And I was immersed in the middle of a, a brief story, almost done, and mm-hmm. our time got away from us yesterday. So I think you're still uh, looking up some information you want mm-hmm. to share with us. So can I conclude this story uh, that I talked about yesterday Hit us. with uh, Jim Garlow and um, talking about a video he sent for a Dominionist meeting, Cindy Jacobs. Reformation Day and the Apostles uh, that get together there, mm-hmm. uh, and he was talking about marriage and about he he claimed yesterday that that God was not uh, male or female, um, and we were talking about this curiosity of that kind of position, and but yet I don't want to read something excessively into that. I know a lot of New Age people believe in the femininity of God, but. Uh, uh, I, I, hopefully that's not what he's trying to go. But he, here, here's a further phrase if I could pick up from yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is from a video he recorded shown at the conference. He says, people say, why is there not sexual expression in heaven? This is what he's talking in the, in the conference audience. What? He says, why is there not sexual expression in heaven? Now, he's a big leader. Jim Garlow, he hobnobs with the big political figures, okay, and... Uh, he says, there's the delight and joy equivalency of that as we delight in literally the presence of God. Now, I can't say I completely dis- disagree with some things he's saying, but it's sort of curious how it comes out here. Mm-hmm. He said, um, it will be an amazing, absolutely amazing moment. That is why we use marital bed language uh, to talk about this. We talk about the consummation of history, the climax of history. Those I are, can't even. Is this this is uh, did, this is a religious did you, leader. Like, 
talking you, at a conference. I, I, this is like something... Those are languages associated with the marital bed that is now associated with history. Um, did he hit his head or... Well, what, what, what he's I trying don't... to say is that the, the thoughts of, that Christians have about the last days that is embedded in imagery from a man and woman sex, although those terms are not used in our society for just men and women, but he's trying to come up with an argument on the importance of what we believe about you know, man, woman, biblical marriage. But it continues. Um, I'm just skipping to some points here. He says in the, in the same video, he, he went on to explain that he went to work for Newt Gingrich because the entire Gingrich family wakes up every day with a mission of saving Western civilization. He says, I serve as chairman for Renewing America Leadership. It's an organization that was started by Newt Gingrich. It is based in Washington, D.C. And as I was sorting out whether to accept the appointment of chairmanship, I met with Newt Gingrich's adult daughter who runs his operations. She flew out here with another of Newt's colleagues, and we met them for hour after hour. People in our church met with them because I wanted to be sure I did not compromise the gospel by being involved. I did not compromise my pastoring and my Christocentricity, my Jesus-centeredness. So we met hour after hour, and I asked question and question, and finally one moment, Kathy Lubbers, I believe, that's the daughter of Newt Gingrich, she stopped and she said this, Let me explain one thing that will help you understand exactly what we're about. Every morning, we as members of the Gingrich family, the Gingrich organization, get up, look in the mirror, and ask ourselves one question. What can I do today to save Western civilization? That impacted me when she said that. Here is the question I ask myself, and I ask you to ask yourself as I close right now. As you get up every morning, look in the mirror and say, What can I do this day to help establish the kingdom of God, the rule of Christ on the hearts of humanity across this nation and around the world? Go start converting people. Go start loving them radically. Well, l- let me just point out, I don't, I don't mean to, to fine tooth comb, kind of fine hair here. here. <laughs> But when he, when, when Gingrich and his daughter say, see, see, they're interpreting what they think the religious people are doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's enlightening to see how they, what they tell them thinking will resonate with the religious people. See, the religious people hear what they want to hear. Yeah. He, he heard evidently that these people are thinking, what can they do to help establish the rule of Jesus Christ? What, what she says that they say is, how can we save Western civilization? Now, you, you say you want to save Western civilization when you see a battle coming, like a physical battle. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who was committed to saving Western civilization was Charles Martel, the hammer. Okay, the Battle of Tours in, in, in Europe mm-hmm. when the Muslim hordes came. Mm-hmm. The, the battle was for Western civilization. Okay? Mm-hmm. The, so the battle, the battle was the Muslims versus the West. Mm-hmm. So when they see that is where their real battle is, that sort of really gives what their nature of what their battle is. They see a a war, mm-hmm. and it's a war with foreigners mm-hmm. versus Western civilization. Yeah, I bet he gets. There was nothing about morality in there. There was nothing about uh, you know elevating Christ or even just being more moral to each other and taking no, care of each in other. In fact, I would say it's really being like less moral. But they they see it as a war. But the Christian leaders heard what they wanted to hear mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. And in fact, Zero all this talk about morality, but you know, you've got a gentleman who cheated on his existing wife twice, and I don't mean to harp on it. We're all forgiven by stuff, uh, but but yet this guy is coming across one a as a public figure, 
doing all this while he was a public figure, knowing this was going to be public, and two, trying to court religious conservatives that he is this real religious figure uh, in, mm-hmm. in all of this. And I'm thinking, can can Christians not find anybody else that would represent who they are better? But apparently you know, not. He's got the he's got the name recognition and the star clout and that kind of thing. So you're going to hear more about that in the future. So um, proceed. You, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Now this goes back to tell us from yesterday. This was. Uh, oh no, I couldn't find that. Couldn't find that. You did a head fake on me there. I did. I totally found it, but it wouldn't download onto the new technology. Okay. So you've you've got a different story. You're saying. Yes. Okay. Almost as interesting. Okay. But it still gave you an opportunity to ignore my, my story that I read, at least, with the new story. What? <laughs> okay. Lay it on us, Bionic. All right. Da, 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 no A-team music. Just, da, just da, da, the... Da, 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 da. Okay. Are you going to read the story or I'm going to read one? <laughs> Boy, You're turning me into Donald Duck. Uh, okay. Uh Sarkozy, you know, Nicolas Sarkozy. I've heard of him, yeah, French president. Britain and France have pooled their sovereignty. This is via The Guardian. Britain and France today signed a landmark 50-year treaty on defense and security that envisages the joint use of aircraft carriers, a 10,000-strong joint expeditionary force, and unprecedented new levels of cooperation over nuclear missiles. Uh... Cameron, uh, his counterpart there in Britain, Mm -hmm. disclosed that the two treaties would... Uh, create a joint expeditionary task force uh, in which around 5,000 U.K. and French troops from all three services will train and exercise together. The force will be able to launch high-intensity peacekeeping, rescue, or combat missions. Um, uh, Let's see. Gosh, it just goes on and on. Um, What do you think is the significance of this story? I think that it's just another one of those things like, well, look at these two countries that used to fight each other and now Mm -hmm. not coming together. Coming together, new world order. You're giving me the look like that. It's not significant. It is significant. No, I'm not giving you any look. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Gosh. I just scare, give you the scary look then. Can I go? I? Can I go? Bring no, back no, outside? no. It's significant. What, what's so interesting because you know the, the the traditional prophecy crowd is always looking for the ten kings and the ten horns and mm-hmm. when they're going to do and goes back to the you know European common market and all this. And I don't know what you know. What's yeah. going to shake out of all that? Because, you know, th- there was a group called the Western European Union that actually was ten nations out of the old Roman Empire. It's still the ten nations, but they were just dissolved. They were formed in 1954. Mm-hmm. They had like 25 additional European associated members of all mm-hmm. of Europe, mm-hmm. but there were ten core nations, and they sure fit the bill. Sure. But they dissolved it. Yeah. So they're continuously dissolving these kind of armies, multi European and then building new ones in NATO. I don't know what status there is and things like this. So, yeah. I, I'm just confused over what's really. I think up. a lot of those, uh, a lot of the uh, the new apostolic dominionists would probably say, "Oh, well, that must mean the kingdom of God is here." Look, prophecy fulfilled. Well, Jesus not, is walking around hey, here. Let's go find Alan Moore and the Maitreya. We don't have to worry because until they conquered. Jesus can't come. Remember, yeah, I know. Jesus that's is, what. That's why according to them, he's like, not strong enough to come on his own. He's already fulfilled the prophecy. We gotta mm-hmm. get in there and conquer. That sword that proceeds of his mouth is not strong enough. Yeah. To conquer the enemies, not only as they sharp are. As you thought. Yeah. They've got Newt Gingrich yeah. and you know Mike Huckabee, so that <laughs> that supplants the sword of God <laughs> from his mouth. 
Bring the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Uh, do you want me? I'll give you another story since that one wasn't very good. It was very good. Yeah, no, but just don't say that you've got one and then okay, you're, I don't you're singing the 18 no. theme. I don't mean to reprimand you here. Okay. I'm just anti-technology. I like paper. I like it when you walk in with a fistful of paper. Can I? I'm going to come in with tablets next time. Yeah. Some Marian Scroll tablets. would be fine. Yeah. The inkwell. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Codex Quick. Codex Quake. Uh, back to the scene of the crime. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got to relax here. Too much joking around. Yeah. Uh, back to the scene of the crime. A return to Jekyll Island. The origins, history, and future of the Federal Reserve. Uh, this is via the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, their official okay. website. This special conference marks the centenary of the 1910 Jekyll Island meeting that resulted in draft legislation for the creation of a U.S. central bank. Parts of this draft, the Aldrich Plan, were incorporated into the 1913 Federal Reserve Act. To commemorate the 100th anniversary of the drafting of the Aldrich Plan, the conference will take place at the Jekyll Island Club Hotel on Jekyll Island, Georgia, the same building where the 1910 meeting occurred. The conference's discussion... Discussions focused on three themes, the origins of the Fed and lessons from the pre-1913 era, how closely the Fed's actual performance has adhered to the original vision expressed by the framers of the Aldrich Plan, and what the Fed's almost 100-year track record teaches us about its role going forward. So there they are. They're just they're just rubbing in their face. I know. They? I can't. You know, that would be like the Japanese saying, we're going to commemorate Pearl Harbor by taking all of our military airplanes and flying over the harbor. Pretty much, you know, we're gonna drop some dead bombs. Yeah, in the just water. just for everybody's fun. Yeah, yeah. With, with some people lay down and pour ketchup on themselves, we'll just have a great time. You because know, that's what that was. That was a Pearl Harbor times a thousand. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to trivialize that great loss of life or anything. It's just that this terrible suffering upon mm-hmm. America. Uh, you know, I would submit that you know I'm not an economics expert, but Keynes and Keynesian economics. And the Federal Reserve has taken an accumulated wealth of the world that took millennia to build, and they have squandered it, the world's mm-hmm. wealth, in a matter of a couple of generations. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, a good friend of mine, a good uh, a good friend of mine, a good Dutch gentleman, we were on the phone talking one time, and he said, you know, I did some calculations. I can't do his little accent, but yeah. I did some calculations, and I calculated that the money that the the Rothschild family accumulated uh, when they did that big head fake. Many of our listeners may be familiar that they had advance warning about the outcome of the Battle of Waterloo mm-hmm. and used that to f- to float a lie. They said the, the through, opposite yeah, in the happened. stock market and then bought that mm-hmm. at pennies on the dollar. So when it all was revealed, they had something on the order of like ten billion dollars, which was most mm-hmm. of the wealth, uh, a majority of the wealth in England at that time. Just like the people the day before 911 did all those stock things, those shorting, all yes. the airliners, correct, and everything uh-huh. like that, uh-huh. made it the yep. day before. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, he said he did some calculations, and based on like a three percent a year uh, a rate of return on that money, yeah, which is, I mean, at that at that that's, rate, that's yeah. nothing, nothing. No, yeah. uh, he said they'd be worth like a hundred billion dollars. And in that, there's only like fifty billion dollars in 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 money and credit in the whole world. You're talking about trillion then? 
Yeah, one trillion dollars. Okay, you said fifty billion, like fifty billion or five hundred oh, billion. I'm sorry, fifty trillion. Trillion. Yeah. trillion. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they they would be worth. Um, I'm glad you corrected that. Sorry. Um, uh, it's like Doctor Evil. One million dollars. <laughs> sorry. Uh, they would be worth like uh, uh, like a hundred trillion dollars, and there's only fifty trillion dollars mm-hmm. in circulation right now of both money and credit. So and nobody knows anything. You can't yeah. find a single article or thing about where all that money went to. Isn't that amazing. That's that's people that's think about Nazi think gold about and wonder where that went. Well, this was like the real. This coup. is like ten hundred times yeah. that. Yeah. You know. Well, at least we know that whatever they use, they would use it for the good of humanity, and yeah. to use it for to promote openness and transparency. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be used for anything mm-hmm. except Revelation 18 would sort of dispute that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the great merchants of the earth and the kings of the earth mm-hmm. uh, use their sorcery to deceive the nations of the earth. So mm-hmm. that's the only problem with that. Uh, would you like me to finish the last chapter of the yeah. Gingrich Garlow saga three. and yeah. I'll give it a rest? Uh, no, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's our interesting our listeners are saying, please, just finish this, please. They're going to be celebrating, you know. Champagne, when I'm done with this. Um, okay, Gingrich wants Ground Zero declared a national battlefield memorial to stop the park. This is also from Right Ring Watch. Again, great source of information. Mm-hmm. David Barton and Newt Gingrich have been working together for years now. Okay, so now we got the Barton-Gingrich connection. But today was the first time, this was on September 2nd, okay, the first time Gingrich had ever appeared on Barton's Wall Builders uh, live radio program. Gingrich came on to discuss his recent column opposing a so-called Ground Zero Mosque and did, uh, and did so with typical Gingrichian belligerence. But eventually the topic turned toward how to actually prevent it from being built. And Gingrich's preferred solution is for Congress to declare Ground Zero to be a national battlefield memorial. He says, well, there are a lot of places. I think the Congress has the ability to declare the area a national battlefield memorial because I think we should think of the World Trade Center as a battlefield site. This mm. is war. The Attorney General of New York, Andrew Cuomo, and since it's a religious war, that's why they should ban, obviously. That's mm-hmm. what I'm interpreting there. Yeah. Uh, the Attorney General of New York, Andrew Cuomo, could intervene because he frankly has the ability to slow it down for decades if he wants to. I'm surprised that Mayor Bloomberg Mario said it, Cuomo? Andrew. Oh. Uh, I'm surprised that Mayor Bloomberg said it was okay, and I think that if he reconsiders it, he'll decide it's not. There are a number of different steps that could be taken. You know, they'll invent a rule if they have to. Mm-hmm. Even if the law allows them to do it, they'll, they'll come up with something, a law. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no reason for this to occur, and whether it's city, state, or federal, there are plenty of ways for America to stop it. Elsewhere, Barton gushes over Gingrich's amazing genius and notes that he has been utterly forgiven by the religious right, for his previous multiple marital failings. Hmm. I remember I read the earlier story Oops. about, they said if you vote against your principles and hmm. against the morality, the person has low morals, then it's, you're being a traitor. Well, here's Barton's follow-up comment to Gingrich. Okay, uh, it says, and finally, Rick Green asked Gingrich if he was planning on running for president in 2012, to which Gingrich replied that if he does decide to do so, Barton and Wall Builders will be asked to play a key role in the campaign. Green says, Mr. Speaker, my wife and I were really wanting to be able to vote for you for president two years ago. Are we going to get to do that in 2012? Gingrich says, all I can tell you is that sometime in February or March, Callista and I, that's his third wife, 
and our family will be making this decision. As you know, I'm a great admirer of your work and all that you've done to teach Americans about their history and the roots of American freedom. You know, all of the very, very accurate information about the Founding Fathers mm-hmm. that we've covered before, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I can assure you that if we do decide to run next year, we're promptly going to call you and say, we need your help and we need your advice and we need your counsel. And mm-hmm. obviously he'll use donation money. Sure. Untold numbers amount to file David Barton's coffers. You know, as, with this. as we reviewed Monday, you know, uh, we're unsure of sort of the future and how all this is going to go uh, yeah. of our on the radio. But there's certain shows that, like, I, I don't, I wouldn't mind like repeating, mm-hmm. and that's one of them. The whole show about the sort of the hidden, hidden faith of our founding fathers. Yeah, it's just like. I feel but, like I need to have that emblazoned on, like have a picture of Thomas Paine and some various quotes on the T-shirt, yeah. you know. By the way, I got a copy of Prophecy in the News magazine today, uh-huh. and they are carrying that. Wow. And J.R. Church goes out on the record and says, read the terrible things these founding fathers have done. He says the Puritans came. I mean, he's basically taking Chris Pinto's line. Mm-hmm. The founding, the the uh, Puritans came and others with the Christian belief but he says you see what they actually believe these founding fathers and this is a shocking to change your view so wow. he has converted a major figure mm-hmm. um, at least in the prophecy world. who knows what else yeah. he might do but anyway I just want to make this clear that you're going to see a Gingrich Barton connection here you know unless Glenn Beck runs you know I'm sure he'll do that but he says uh, Gingrich concludes he says it's that more than a book fulfill that white horse prophecy that's true yeah. that's exactly right he says, uh, it's more than a voting matter, Gingrich says. He says, if we decide to run, David, talking to David Barton, we're going to need you. So, Gingrich is willing to take on whatever belief system. You know, he was Baptist, converted to Catholic mm-hmm. just recently. Converted to, well, we very, very convinced, because his wife was Catholic. Yeah. So, he was so convinced about the Catholicism, I'm sure it had nothing to do with just keeping his spouse happy. He converted to Catholicism. And now um, he's going for the religious movement through the Apostle Dominionist group. And uh, he's got the gentleman we just talked about, Garlow, on board. And now he's getting Barton lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and spurious history is one of their favorite things together. So They're big on it. You want to know history? Go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. We've got uh, about five minutes, five okay. and a half. Uh, I've got one really short story where, and we can comment on it, and okay. then a longer, a longer story. I had to edit it out because it had uh, some some language. It's it's yeah. like an actual account from a you know TSA agent oh, explaining okay. stuff, but I, I did my yeah. best to edit it out. So, okay. um, well, we got five minutes, so you get the choice for okay. five minutes. Well, why don't I do this just a little short two pair two two sentenced one here, and we'll. See how much you want to comment on it, it, and then we'll maybe go to this other slightly right. longer one. Okay, proceed. Coal Country documentary aired on Planet Green called Potential Threat by the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Department of Homeland Security. Say, say that again. Coal Country. Coal Country, okay. Documentary aired on Planet Green uh, called Potential Threat by Pennsylvania Department of Homeland Security. Okay, Why? Tell us why, Tom. Bob. Well, um, this is via this. This is a late-breaking story. Uh, this is via TreeHugger.com. <laughs> hey, that's a new one. Yeah. Have you read from that one here? No, it's first time. Man, 
Now, now, not that we'd ever be labeled liberals or anything like that. You know, I'm sure that, that people are just chomping at the bit, at the bit to mis, mischaracterize all this nonsense. Tree hugger. Okay, okay. Um, what, what do they say? Anyway, here's, here's just the opening paragraph. I don't know if we should be flattered or scared. It's come to Tree Hugger's attention that Coal Country, a documentary which was originally aired on Planet Green's Real Impact series of programming last November, was singled out at the time as a potential security threat by Pennsylvania Department of Homeland Security. And that's all That's all I could get down on that. There's no reason why a coal documentary is dangerous? Not by... I haven't, I haven't looked at the Pennsylvania Department of Homeland Security's thing, but they haven't... They haven't labeled it or talked about it yet. Well, that's just dumping an enigma in our laps. Yeah, I mean... You can't say why. mm, You want me to make some guesses that are probably unnaturally accurate? Or... (laughs) Unnaturally accurate, okay. Yeah. As long as you're not channeling them. No. Um, One is that it presents a problem to the sort of seamless... Destruction and mass wealth confiscation, both, you know, literal money and, uh, you know, natural resources. What's coal? What, what's that have to do with it? Uh, this documentary gets in the way of just like a seamless confiscation by the elites of, uh, of, of wealth, both in the form of coal and in actual money. Huh. You know, stealing natural resources and doing whatever they want huh. to the landscape and all that stuff. See, the only thing I would have guessed is that somehow they showed some vulnerability to our energy distribution network, like showed pinch points where shipments went through, and they were afraid that was a problem. Um, But that would be too pseudo-rational, I think. No. I mean, uh, my guess is is, is that they probably said something along the lines of... uh, I believe the reason, uh, you know, the reason uh-huh. the state is, is that it gets in the way of a, you know, profit motive, and it's easy to pay uh-huh. somebody in the government fifty thousand dollars to get that on the okay. homeland secu- homeland security well, thing. Usually, it's a money issue. Yeah, uh, uh, and they're probably mm-hmm. their stated reason is something but like this. Wasn't a story. This was a riddle you gave us. No, it was a story. <laughs> it's just in the form of no a explanation. Riddle me this. Oh, I love that. that. Okay, we've got a minute and a half. You got oh, anything darn. you want to share with? Uh, I'll I'll start this one and we can maybe review it tomorrow. Yeah, I bet your listeners don't like our continuation we've done the last two days. <clears throat> well, that's the way it's got to be. Okay. Starting tomorrow, we're going to ha- start searching uh, your blank area. This is via the Atlantic, so it's not. It's Remember, a, this is Christian radio. Yeah, this is this is a you know it's a newspaper. You're, and you're quoting you're basically quoting a TSA government official saying yeah, this. Yeah, and I've I've edited I've edited yeah. most of the stuff out. In fact, all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at BWI, I told the officer who directed me to the backscatter that I preferred a pat-down. I did this in order to see how effective the manual search would be. When I made this request, a number of TSA officers, to my surprise, began laughing. I asked why. One of them, who would eventually conduct my pat-down, said that the rules were changing shortly and that I would soon understand why the backscatter was preferable to the manual search. Huh. I asked him if the new guidelines included a cavity search. No way. You think Congress would allow that? Um, I answered, if you're a terrorist, you're going to hide your weapons uh, in your groin area. And the the TSA person responds and says, yes, but starting tomorrow, we're going to start searching that area. um, And you're not going to like it. What am I not going to like about it? This is the TSA person saying this. What am I not going to like about it? I asked. Uh, I have to search up your thighs and between your legs 
until I meet resistance, he explained. Um, until you meet resistance. Mm-hmm. Until he touches a part of your body is is the... I can't put it any more delicately than that. Well, we got to stop right here. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing, I don't know if you're going to pick this up tomorrow or not, is that we're basically being treated like we're all in jail right now. Yeah. And this is what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And it is a cruel world has been brought to our nation, which is a way of saying if there were terrorists that were out there, then mm-hmm. they've won. If they make this yeah. out of us, we're making them winners. Um, someone who is a winner is Murph who can tell you how to contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. We have to go. Uh, come back tomorrow uh, for our next round of news for this week of Tomorrow's Tremors. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And Tom, only the third most corrupt nation. Okay, no, we actually slipped to like 20th. That's below 20. Is this foreshadowing? Yeah. Okay. Actually, it's below 20. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, it's it's bad when you have to amend your uh, middle names. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you for another Future Quake show. As we've mentioned earlier this week, uh, we're doing something different. We're not having our regular guest this week. Uh, we are just having a week of Tomorrow's Tremors, of stories that uh, most of these are recent stories. We've had some that we've still not gotten into the pile of old stories yet. I'm still um, going on the new ones, man. Still, Still getting through that. And um, we will go back next week, next couple of weeks, we will have our regular um, format with mm-hmm. our special guests that we have. But we're mm-hmm. doing something different this week. And uh, mm-hmm. as we mentioned on Monday's show, uh, we may be in for some big changes in formatting for a future quake. Mm-hmm. In fact, expected sometime mm-hmm. after that. So we hope you enjoy um, this approach um, because you might get some more of it. So yeah. would you like to resume your... your uh, very disturbing, d- disgusting. It's it's so messed up, man. Do you, uh, should story. I should I kind of give a review of it? Yeah, or, yeah. Maybe I'll just yeah I'll just go through it real quickly at the beginning. Well, and let me just tell our listeners. Let me recap on your behalf. Mm-hmm. You began a story at the end of yesterday's show about an, an incident. It's a narrative of an incident with the TSA mm-hmm. that evidently suggests that things are going from humiliating to even more humiliating. This with the new latitude they've been given the TSA mm-hmm. to do very very invasive searches at mm-hmm. airports, mm-hmm. where it's gone past the point of just being basically like jail time. And I'll give you assault. And I'll give you some interesting info okay. uh, about about this. When uh, TSA agents and uh, people who work uh, loading luggage mm-hmm. uh, show up to most airports. They just walk through the front front door and unlock the door. They don't go through any metal detectors, any backscatter 
things. They just show up through the unmarked back door. That's how tight our security is. Yeah. So, well, so now, that this leads me only to believe that this this pat down. I mean, the pat down obviously is is being made to be embarrassing enough for the average passenger. Uh, will choose the high tech humiliation over the low tech yeah. humiliation yeah. for some reason. Yeah, they they can they say you don't like this. We have ways of making you talk or participate, and yeah. this is the way they do it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you mentioned about how they how they just other people they can go right through that gate without any kind of checking. Uh huh. That's the same thing, isn't it? On a national scale, while we send our guys over to look through every cubby hole for a terrorist, we're busting open doors in Iraq or Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. You know, spraying the room, looking for individual terrorists, while at the same time, our enormous border of over a thousand miles, mm-hmm. south border, is completely open. Yeah. Not being fully protected, for, where anybody could just stroll over. For going on nine years. And we know, you know people come over in mass over there, while we're trying to have this impenetrable thing to stop terrorists over in a country far, far away. Well, and not only that, you remember that that story reviewed several, several, almost probably a year ago now, where there was a gentleman. Who who owned a couple hundred acres that bordered the bordered the U.S. New Mexico border, mm-hmm. and uh, he set up his own sort of pseudo private security force that was was yeah. just was just apprehending these people. They weren't shooting right. them or mistreating them. He was just if they're on his land, they're trespassing. So he mm-hmm. gathered them and turned them over. Yeah. And uh, the I believe it was the ADL or maybe the SPLC got yeah. involved. Yeah. And uh, took his land away from him. Yeah. In a lawsuit. Yeah. Well, the, the point I'm making is, how can one not get the understanding that this whole terrorism thing at least entertain the possibility that it's all a big facade? It's I a believe, big joke. I believe it's spiritual. You have to be... I mean, how, how could you not believe when they say, these terrorists are trying to... We're, we're going over there to stop them, so there's no way they can come and attack us when they leave our borders wide open. It's been pointed out to them for nine years. How could you not assume that this whole terrorism thing is a big sham? I'm not saying that people don't die. There are bombs. People get killed. We have, In our show, many times we've fa- found that these terrorists had connections to the FBI, mm-hmm. have been on the FBI like payroll. Over and over or and over sti- again. Or stings over and over again. And I really thank Alex Jones for helping really get that started, at least to I wasn't aware, mm-hmm. of knowing that. And also what he points out is what... what the humiliation of these events you're pointing out in your story mm-hmm. is that he, it, he he points out how it was used by Stalin, by other states in the past to dehumanize people, mm-hmm. where it breaks your will. Once you're humiliated enough, you become compliant and I'll you just you, go right along with I'll whatever it is. I'll give you a perfect example that should be very salient to students of, of Christian history. Mm-hmm. Nero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Emperor Nero, uh, by almost every, pretty much everybody's universally in agreement that uh, the fire that was set in, I believe it was 70 A.D., uh, was, that was blamed on the Christians, yeah. was actually set by Nero. Right. Right. So there, it's like the very first false flag event right mm-hmm. there, and it was used to persecute people, mm-hmm. you know, in this case, Christians. Right. And you know what he did uh, as a little sidebar? He didn't just take them and, like... You know, find people and torture them to see if they were Christians. He rounded up the people that said they were Christians and then tortured them to give up names of other Christians. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like probably waterboarded them and stuff. You know, it's interesting. There was a there was a technique similar to that where they would almost they would get within a hair's breadth of drowning mm-hmm. them and then ask them to talk. And, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't as effective. So they tie them up in bags made of animal skins and throw them to dogs and. Mm-hmm. 
the boiling and oil. Mm, of course, they tied them up. The thing you always think of Nero was when they would set them on fire, yeah. on poles, yeah. set them on fire to illuminate yeah. the highways and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that's a tough one. So anyway, yeah, uh, and and all from an act of false flag terrorism. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, let's get back to this to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, this somebody this this TSA said. TSA person said, starting tomorrow, we're going to start searching your blank, uh, and you're not going to like it. What am I not going to like? I asked. We have to search up your thighs and between your legs, he explained. Um, and he's telling this just to an average passenger? Or? Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's a bunch of stuff where it gets very graphic that I yeah. had to edit out. Uh-huh. Um, I pointed out to the security officer that 50% of the American population uh, are women, um, and so what are they going to do about this? And they said, basically, we don't care. Um, and the, the point being, I asked him if he was looking, this is back to the narrative, uh, I asked him if he was looking forward to conducting the full-on pat-downs. Nobody's going to do it, he said, once they find out what we're going to do. In other words, people, when faced with a choice, will inevitably choose... Um, uh, a name for uh, a pejorative name for the um, AIT scanner mm-hmm. over over state sponsored molestation. Uh, I asked. That, that, that's that's I, their creative way to get people to love the full body scanner mm-hmm. is to bring something even more horrible mm-hmm. to turn to it. And so so that's so uh, the so the TSA agent replies, "That's what we're hoping for. We're trying to get everyone into the machine." Um, he, uh, we could, I, I can't go into that. It's, mm-hmm. it, I really wish I could, but I can't go into that. Well, what's the, what's the punchline? Um, uh, the pat down at BWI, which was the airport right. where this happened. Baltimore, was, Washington, was fairly, National. Yep. was fairly vigorous, uh, by the usual tame standards of the TSA, but it was nothing like the one I received the next day at TF Green in Providence. Apparently, I was the very first passenger to ask to opt out of backscatter imaging. Several TSA officers heard me choose the pat-down, and they reacted in a way intentionally meant to make ordinary passengers feel very badly about the decision. Yeah. One officer said to a colleague uh, in a loud voice, who was obviously going to be assigned to me, Get new gloves, man. You're going to need them when, where you're going. The agent snapped on his blue gloves and patiently explained exactly where he was going to touch me. Um, and, um, yeah. So, again, uh, I mean, he, he just laid it right out there. He said, yeah. you know, he said, the he reason did, we're he doing this. He did the things that you would be locked up for child molestation or, or any molestation mm-hmm. if you did that yeah. any other way. Lose jobs, go to jail if you did mm-hmm. that in any other context. And, and the police could only do it if they had just cause that you were holding contraband or something like that that they mm-hmm. had knew something. Yep. Totally. And now Aunt Sue or whatever. Grandma. Either it, we it's can, either get a naked picture taken of yeah. you and stored in a database mm-hmm. or uh, submit to a Which way do you want to be traumatized? Molestation. Yeah. 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 Which way do you want to be traumatized? What if a child opts out? What do they do? The same thing. I'm sure it's the same thing. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's ridiculous. It's beyond. You think they talk ridiculous. about that on wall builders? You think they protest that? Uh, they, or, I'm not. I'm not going to go there. I'm not. You know, yeah. 
what I'm what I'm saying is other Christian radio. We they're they're really influenced and focused on these other particular issues. Yeah. But this is stuff yeah, where pre- people are going through today. Preserving temporal powers. Yeah, I don't mean to pick on them. Any Anybody, of your major you know, Christian ministries. Yeah, but you know, you look at this stuff, and when has temporal power ever been good for the body of Christ? Yeah. Answer: Pretty much not at all. Mm-mm. Not 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 the power of the state. Yeah. Because the power of the state is coercive. The only thing the state can do is coerce people. Because otherwise there's no purpose for it. There are other institutions to do things. The only thing they're missing is the coercive power of Mm -hmm. the gun of a soldier or a policeman Mm -hmm. to force something, you know, in a jail to put you in. That's Mm -hmm. what the state has. And so the only business the state has for doing anything are things where you absolutely require for the safety of the public to use coercive power. Anything else is just danger because you're going to get course of power applied. Mm-hmm. And we know with the gospel, we are never told to coercively force people with the teachings of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, it's all about free will. You know, Not if unless you're yeah. the state. Well, um, speaking of Christianity and suffering, would you like me to read a story? I hope it's more uplifting than that last one. Oh, yeah. This, this is really uplifting. I'll let you be the judge. Okay? Actually, you know, uh, like the whole new motto is like, Try to live as close to being dead as possible, and yeah. you know, this really shouldn't these, bug me that these much. These people would like to help you with it. It sounds like I'm in sure. society. Um, this comes from Associated Press uh, through Yahoo News. Iraqi Christians mourn after church siege kills 52. Um, Iraqi's dwindling Christian community was grieving and afraid on Monday after militants seized a Baghdad church during evening mass, held the congregation hostage, and triggered a raid by Iraqi security forces. The bloodbath left at least 52 killed and 67 wounded, nearly everyone inside. The attack, claimed by an al-Qaeda-linked organization, was believed to be the deadliest ever recorded against Iraq's Christians, whose numbers have plummeted since the 2003-led invasion. That's one of the other benefits of our of our invasion, is we decimated the Christian community there. Mm. Um, as the community has fled to other countries, outside Our Lady Deliverance Church, Rayed Hadi leaned against the car carrying his cousin's coffin, waiting for the police to let him bury on the church grounds. It was a massacre in there, and now they're cleaning it up, he said Monday morning. We Christians don't have enough protection. What shall I do now? Leave and ask for asylum? He says, now they make a show, said Jamal Jaju, who watched his Iraqi forces set up a chain link fence around the church and push back observers. What can I say? I lost at least 20 friends in there. Pope Benedict XVI uh, denounced the assault as ferocious and called for renewed international efforts to broker peace in the region. Benedict? Ke- Is that his name? Benedict. Really? Yeah, Pope. Uh, um, I, I, Formal Cardinal Ratinger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Catholics make up 2.89% of Iraq's population in 1980. In 2008, they're a mere 0.89%. Um, uh, it says... Uh, uh, Prime Minister Nuri al-Maliki also condemned the siege, saying it was an attempt to drive more Christians out of the country. Islamic militants have systematically attacked Christians in Iraq since the collapse of Saddam Hussein's regime. Sunday's bloodbath began at dusk when militants wearing suicide vests and armored, uh, armed with grenades attacked the Iraqi stock exchange. Uh, two guards were injured in the assault which may have been an attempt by militants to divert attention from their real target, a nearby church in an upscale Baghdad neighborhood. Um, then it says the gunman went inside the church and took about 120 Christians hostage. Um, the dead of the 52 killed included 10 policemen, 2 priests, and 5 to 8 attackers. 
Um, it's unclear whether most hostages died at the hands of the attackers or during the rescue. Hmm. Uh, according to two security figures, most of the deaths were in the basement where a gunman killed about 30 hostages when Iraqi forces began to storm the building. One official said the gunman set up an explosive vest he was wearing, but others said that he threw two grenades at the hostages. Hmm. Um, uh, video footage from an American drone that was overhead during the attack showed a black plume of smoke pouring out of the church, followed by flashes before security forces charged inside. Um, it says, we, ha- we have no clear picture whether worshippers were killed by the security forces, bullets, or by terrorists. Hmm. That's, that's it's pretty interesting. sad. Sounds like Waco. Yeah. Um, but we, what we know is that most of them were killed when the security forces started to storm the church. So, you know, I'm not trying to insinuate anything by the security forces, but it is what they're saying, okay? Yeah, I was going to say that's um, a very, that's a very oddly worded quote. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. Um, let's see. They, they arrested five suspects, some who were not Iraqi. A cryptically worded statement posted late Sunday on a militant website allegedly by the Islamic State of Iraq appeared to claim responsibility for the attack. Hmm. At least somebody's claiming it for them. The group, which is linked to Al-Qaeda in Iraq, said it would exterminate uh, Iraqi Christians if Muslim women in Egypt were not freed. Uh, it specifically mentioned two women that extremists maintain have converted to Islam and are being held against their will in Egypt. That seems sort of funny Strange. to me that Egypt would hold somebody in jail that had converted to Islam. The two are wives of priests. Some believe they converted to Islam to leave their husbands since divorce is banned by Egypt's Coptic Church. One woman disappeared in 2004 and the other in past July. I mean, if that's true, mm. it's very interesting. Uh, you know, That's the wrong response to do this, but um, Egypt's Christians had originally maintained they were kidnapped and staged rallies for their release. In both cases, police recovered the two women who denied they had converted. They were then spirited away to distant monasteries. Uh, the cases were widely publicized in Egypt, which has its own fraught sectarian relations. They continue to be a rallying point for Egypt's hardline Muslims. Um, they hold weekly demonstrations in mosques calling for the women's release. Uh, a Bishop Marcos, assistant to the uh, Egypt's Coptic Pope, which I don't hmm. know if you knew there was a Coptic yeah, Pope. Yeah, there's, uh, there's like four popes, actually. We don't, we don't recognize. Okay. We only really recognize huh. one here. Yeah. But there's three others. Okay. Told the Associated Press that the women fear for their lives and remain in seclusion. The two are afraid to appear in public, fearing assassination by extremists. Uh, in their message Sunday, the militants called on the Vatican, which held a meeting last month to discuss the fate of Christians in the Middle East, to release the women. Mm-hmm. So these militants were first going to the Vatican to get these women released. Um, we direct our speech to the Vatican and say that as you met with Christians of the Mideast a few days ago to support them back then, now you have to pressure them to release our sisters, otherwise death will reach you all. So I guess that was warning them. Uh, on Iraq, uh, Monday, Iraqi authorities took extra measures to protect Christian neighborhoods and churches in Mosul, Kirkuk, and Baghdad. Uh, additional police cars and checkpoints were there. Um, this is more than a tragedy, Iraq's human rights minister uh, said Mikhail, who's a Christian. Choking back tears as she spoke with reporters outside Our Lady Deliverance Church, she said... What is happening to Iraqis in general, and Christians in particular, is an attempt to push them out of the country. But we hope Iraqis remain united. Uh, Our Lady of Deliverance is a Syrian Catholic Church. 
Karim Khalil, a 49-year-old Iraqi Christian, said he moved to Syria with his family last year because he felt his religion made him a target in Baghdad. Iraqi militias threatened me, saying I was on the side of the Americans because I'm a Christian. Uh, he said I would be killed if I stayed in Iraq. He now lives in Damascus with his wife and children. Mm. He said, I've left behind my house and everything to escape with my family. Many other Iraqi Christians living in Syria refused to speak to the AP. They said they fear militias may exact revenge on their families in Iraq. That's really too bad. That is a story you don't hear reported in America, and particularly no. on Christian radio, mm-hmm. is the aftermath of our attack, how it's totally devastated the Christian community in Iraq. And, you know, I have another story that talks about this, about, you know, Saddam Hussein. He wasn't a good guy by any stretch. Of course, we never heard anything bad about him until they were ready to attack him. And suddenly the mm-hmm. press filled up with all these terrible stories yeah. he was doing, which you didn't hear anything till then. He was our ally. He used chemical weapons we gave mm-hmm. him and used them on people. You know, uh, it was, I had a, it's funny you mention that. I had a conversation with somebody for a while back about how we had sold... Um, we had sold Iraq chemical weapons in the early 80s, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, pictures of Rumsfeld with his big sort of coke rim glasses, yeah. shaking hands and everything. And my friend didn't believe it, so I sent him to some uh, Iranian news sources, and he said, well, I can't trust those. Yeah. And so I sent him some more, and he said, well, I can't trust those either. So I finally had to go, just to prove my point, I had to go and get, uh, like, transcripts of congressional testimony where they where they recorded yeah. the bill of sale, yeah, you know, and it was just like, did it finally resonate with the person? I think so. Really? Yeah. Um. That do do we ever think about that when we do these kind of things? Well, how's well, that going to affect Christians in other countries? Well, no, I, there's sort of a disconnect I think writ large uh, of many Christians who, um. But I mean, people in other countries are of lower value. That's why we can well, do these kind of it's things. Well, it's the Jesusa sort of, the yeah. natural fallout of the Jesusa movement, as I label yeah. it here on Future Quake. Right. Many of our new listeners may know what, not know what that is, but yeah. it's the equating of the United States with Jesus, and that the one both are the same. And yeah. that you saw that on a bumper sticker, yeah. Jesus USA. Yeah. Or, one word. Yeah, Jesusa. Yeah, right. It was called. It even said, right. "My country, my faith." Which, if you look at it, you know, you would, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, it's right. it's, it's terrible. Um, yeah, and, and the natural fallout of that is, well, whatever is good for, for, for Christian, for, whatever is good for America must be good for Christianity. And vice versa. And vice versa. So. Right. Even if the CIA is the one telling us. Yeah, I mean, those guys, it kind of goes without saying that they're yeah. good and sweet, loving people. We got our regular five minutes. Great. Um. Well, the U.S. falls in annual corruption survey. Okay. Big surprise. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that we stay in the top 20 after reading the uh, stories that uh-huh. we read. Uh-huh. And maybe that's just a sign of just how well the rest of the world is corrupted. Could I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Um, this is the New York Times. Perceptions of corruption in the United States have worsened over the past 20 years. Knocking it out of the top 20 in global rankings released Tuesday by the watchdog group Transparency International in Berlin. The top and bottom three countries on the list remain unchanged in 2009. Denmark, New Zealand, and Singapore. Now, I thought that was interesting. Singapore? Yeah. Uh, are seen as having the world's cleanest governments. Well, Singapore's this kind of thing is, I mean, there's hardly any crime and other kind of stuff because they come on you pretty bad if you do step out of line. Hmm. It's interesting. 
while Somalia, Afghanistan, and Myanmar are seen to have the most corrupt. Finland, Sweden, Canada, Netherlands, Australia, Switzerland, and Norway rounded out the top ten. Japan ranked 17th, and Britain ranked 20th. The United States, which ranked 19th in 2009, fell to to 22. Also falling in the rankings were Czech Republic, Greece, Hungary, Italy, Madagascar, Niger, and Russia. Are we like below Mexico now? No comment. <laughs> well, what's interesting, check out this. Uh, these are these are con- countries that have all fallen in ranking. You know uh, what? I would have liked to have taken that code after the Imperial Cruise and Roosevelt's actions that we talked about in last week's show on Future Quake. Yeah. Where would that have been? I mean, what was that show all about? Mm, uh, a lot. Of, it was about badness. It was about great evil. Um well, anyway, the Czech Republic, Greece, Hungary, Italy, Madagascar, Niger, and Russia, they're all countries that, according to the article, have fallen. Uh, and they're also countries that have had, with the exception of Niger, had huge problems with uh, their financial stuff. Hmm. So, um, you know, I'm sure that's not a coincidence. Right, right. China ranks 78th, up from 79 last year, according hey, to the they're, they're the They're cleaning their act up. Yeah, that's not their, you know... Yeah. Sell, not selling as many human organs. Right, that's good. Um, the index, which seeks to gauge domestic public domestic public sector public sector corruption, is figured with data compiled from surveys of country experts and business leaders, and relies on perceptions rather than legal findings, which can differ sharply across borders depending on enforcement. Notable among decliners are some of the countries most affected by a financial crisis precipitated mm-hmm. by transparency and integrity, integrity deficits, the organization said. So, there you have it. Hmm. Well, um, you know, if they considered all of the stuff that we've covered on our show through the years about what we've done behind the scenes, I wonder how that would impact that rating. Probably not at all. Think about rendition. you like... We don't care. Well, just think about, you know, all the rendition programs. Oh, I mean, it should. All it absolutely should, yeah. but it won't. Yeah. The USS Liberty, you know, all these other kind of things that we've had on mm-hmm. our list. Uh, yeah. But at least we're a Christian nation. Well, that's what the kings of the earth do, man. Well, they, let me ask you this. Since obviously we know Jesus is against corruption, we know that, mm-hmm. and we're a Christian nation according to what we've been told by our, our you know, Christian leaders here. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that mean that the ones that are above us on the list are even more Christian than us? Are they more of a Christian nation? Like Japan? Yeah. It has like a 1% yeah. you know, Christianity profession. Yeah. Singapore. Yeah. Denmark. Yeah. Very, very Christian. So they would be, they, they could claim to be a Christian nation probably even more than we could. Mm-hmm. Either that or what we're saying is, is that by Christian, we reflect Jesus, but Jesus is sort of halfway corrupt, he like we the are. Way at a lot of bribes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we we reflect Jesus, the 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 you know, semi-corrupt version of he Jesus. He did carry a handgun, you know. Yeah, I know you keep re- you, you got to produce book, chapter, and verse on that one, but I'll, I'll find that. I'll find yeah. that. Well, um, I think we don't really have enough time for another story. Do you got any concluding thoughts before um, we? Before we wrap up for tomorrow, well, we've got one more day of our traditional tomorrow. I mean, summer. I don't know how our listeners must must hate these shows, but I sure enjoy the all new shows. Well, they probably think we're so cynical right now. I know. They think I can't. We, just we gotta hate go. Like, I gotta go walk around the block for the for tomorrow. I know. I think. And we don't mean to be that way. We yeah. we love the Lord. We're happy with our lives. We get frustrated about what's going on in the world, but 
We love serving the Lord. I just uh, I'm Jesus frustrated that everybody sees what every, what everybody sees as truth. They don't really. Uh, it just doesn't. It seems like so bald facedly obvious that it's not. Many times. That's part of the curse of us doing this show. Yeah. I mean, what our guest and in our research has has shown us is things that other people aren't there yet. And our listeners that email us, they tell us the same things. They go through the same kind of stuff with people, mm-hmm. and and they get frustrated. And I just want you to be a good cheer. If if you feel the same way, you got a safe place to come here, mm-hmm. and we're going to get hauled off to the gulag, and and we'll see you there at mm-hmm. the FEMA camp. Uh, somebody else to see is Merv. He can tell you how to contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, come back for our actual real Tomorrow's Tremors tomorrow, the last day of the week. Uh, through this grand experiment, and until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I'm Dr. Future. And I am Tom, not ready for prime time, but I'll bet probably some of the most entertaining commentary you'd hear anywhere. Bionic. Mm-hmm. And humble as well, too. Yes. I'll agree to the first <laughs> that's part. One of my, that's one of my defining characteristics is humbleness. Uh-huh. And you're proud of it, aren't you? Yes. Uh, uh, welcome to the Future Quake Show again. This is uh, Friday. Uh, it's not been a normal week for us, but who's ever accused us of being normal? Um, normally Certainly we have a not. guest on Certainly a topic. Certainly not anybody that knows as well. That's right. A topic for Monday through Thursday, and then we do a review of the news on Friday. And... Uh, I might as well ask you for tradition's sake, what does Friday symbolize? It signifies tomorrow's tremors or Rade's future review of the news. Okay. I don't know what that was about, but I think I have a story that can explain your condition today. Um, it's tomorrow's tremors or today's review of the future's news, which actually we've had a full week version of it this week if you've joined us. Uh, uh, you've caught some of that and proved why we're not ready for prime time, evidently. But um, we're just calling it the way we see it. One thing, and you agree with me if this is true, one thing we can say for sure, we love Jesus. Totally, man. We love his Bible. I just look at myself as like dead. You know, like I've I've already been fed to the lions. The time, the just it's just got to go through the formality. Yeah. But that gives you a boldness, doesn't it, to... To do what you feel like the Lord caused you to do. The kind of boldness that freaks people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I could vouch for that about you freaking <laughs> people out. And we've got some news stories today. Sweetness. Would you like to begin with the story? Would you like me No, to? but why don't you do it? Are you sure? Please, yeah. Okay, I feel like I'm in story heavy. But uh, but yours have been so much better than mine. I mean, see, I got out of sync. I had mine segregated by themes, mm-hmm. and I've had to split up during the day some of the themes. Mm-hmm. This one actually ties sort of like a dovetail or a bookend to yesterday's when I read about oh, the Iraqi Christian. Sorry. Oh, it's nobody's fault. The Iraqi uh, Christians 
mm-hmm. being attacked, and it was real murky. There were militants attacking, but nobody could quite say who the group was or who it was or whether they were killed by the, quote, rescuers. Mm-hmm. Well, here's another case of Christians being attacked. This also just came out yesterday in Israel Today, um, major newspaper in Israel. I don't know if you heard this. Is it a Jerusalem church fire blamed on Jews? Uh, this is from a Jewish newspaper, okay? Mm-hmm. The historic Jewish Alliance Church on Prophet Street in downtown Jerusalem suffered a serious fire over the weekend, and while the cause of the blaze is still under investigation, Israel's detractors have already made up their minds that it was set by Jews intent on running Christians out of town. Hmm. The Jewish al- me the least. Yeah, the Jewish Alliance Church, part of the Global Christian and Missionary Alliance, was built in 1914 on the edge of what is now the ultra-Orthodox Jewish neighborhood of Mishirim. The building was used by a number of local congregations, including some Messianic Jewish congregations, and also houses a number of CMA volunteers and staff. Ten church staff had to be evacuated as the fire began to spread in the basement area of the building just after midnight last Friday. Mm-hmm. At least three staff members were treated for smoke inhalation at the adjacent Bakur Shodim Hospital. Considering that there were people sleeping in the building, the question of whether or not the fire was intentional became more pressing. Reverend Jack Sarah, pastor... Yeah, homicide, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Attempted. Reverend Jack Sarah, the pastor of the Alliance Church's main Arabic-speaking congregation, told Israel Today that police had confirmed to him that the fire was an act of arson. He noted uh, that had Muslims been behind the fire, they most likely would have claimed credit, thereby shifting suspicion to Orthodox Jewish extremists. Mm. Orthodox attacks on perceived missionary elements in Israel are not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Now, this is admitted by a Jewish paper, okay? Yeah. Oh, well, no. I and, mean, we reviewed stories. Right. They firebomb people and mm-hmm. send them bombs for Passover. and Right. And in fact, which, you know, that's not nearly as good as, you know, Christmas gifts we get. Yeah, I know. You know, that would be a big setback for kids if you got firebombs for Christmas instead of for yeah. gifts. Yeah, open a package like, wow, look at... Yeah. Uh, okay, it says... Uh, Molotov cocktail. In, fa- in fact, these, uh, it, these uh, attacks have escalated in recent years, although they usually target Messianic Jews. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean ultra-Orthodox attacks on Christian churches are unheard of. In 2007, a suspected Orthodox extremist set fire to the Narcus Street Baptist Church in downtown Jerusalem. The same church was burned to the ground by anti-missionary elements 25 years earlier. Reverend Sarah was reluctant to point a finger of blame at any particular group, though he said Jewish elements are the most likely culprits and was concerned that current speculations were being exploited for political purposes. He noted that the day after the fire, Muslim and other Arab press were the first to visit. Naturally, they painted the stories in Israeli assault on Christian freedom of worship in Holy Land. Well, What's well, interesting that they're coming to the defense of the Christians, yeah. whereas uh, the so Jewish funny people are not. It's it's so funny how they're they're saying that that this is sort of like flim flammy or or like there's some kind of political agenda here behind yeah. you know actually coming to the defense of somebody who yeah. was firebombed. Right. You know. Well, you know it's it's. Remember when I talked about the Dreyfus affair, the big incident uh-huh. in, the, yes. in the early uh, 20th century? Mm-hmm. A Jewish officer was set up by the church to go down, mm-hmm. and with the military and the church together. They both were in partnership on it mm-hmm. to frame him. And the person who came to his his uh, you know rescue in the press was the Muslim press oh. in the Muslim uh, Middle East nation. Or something, wasn't it? Not that I know of. Emile Zola. That's it. I'm uh, sorry. But he, you know, they they were the secular intellectuals in France. But 
the 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 Muslim Arabic press came to defend and said that that he was a Jewish man being set up. So um, he uh, it goes further. It says uh, um, Zachariah El Mashkiri described in news reports as the guardian for the Jerusalem Alliance Church did not share Reverend Sarah's more tempered reaction and openly declared the fires an attempt by certain Jews to drive Arab Christians from the city. Uh, that was an angle that Arab and Muslim leaders latched onto. Uh, Palestinian Authority spokesman Nabu al-Rudineh termed the fire just the latest in a string of repeated attacks by settlers against Muslim and Christian holy sites. The Palestinian Authority's views Jews living anywhere in the land as settlers. The Jerusalem Alliance Church is on the side of Jerusalem that was under Israeli control even before 67. Hamas issued a statement calling the fire just another step in Israel's efforts to Judaize Jerusalem and demanded that the international community pressure Israel to halt its crimes against Palestinians and their Islamic and Christian holy shrines. Even Iran got in on the action. Iranian Foreign Ministry spokesman Ramin Memen Parast uh, told reporters that his country considers the recent provocative action of the Zionists in desecrating a historic church in the occupied Jerusalem another example of the Zionist regime's disrespect toward heavenly religions and religious sanctities. Now, to be fair, these guys, all these politicians are the same. They all come in in front of the cameras and want to make hay, okay? Mm-hmm. The Iranians, these other guys. Here, the Iranians, you know, the, our, our brother, who's there under a death sentence in, we had an update in Iran, haven't, haven't heard an update from him in what, what, Voice of Martyrs. Here, they're persecuting a Christian in Iran for this stuff, but yet they're lecturing Israel, you know, about this. And, and I'm not saying Israel needs a pass. I mean, they're killing Christians, but these guys are all, all of them, they all criticize each other. They're all from, they're, they're all, all hypocrites. The they're all hypocrites, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, meanwhile, the innocent people are hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, meanwhile, Israeli police and a number of witnesses said it may be premature to blame Jews of any strike for the blaze. Uh, police and spokesman uh, told the Bethlehem-based news agency Mayan that the initial investigation of the fire suspects it was accidental. Witnesses from the adjacent Bekur Sholim Hospital also said it was accidental. Now, that's different than what the pastor, the Christian pastor of the church, yeah, they're, said they're obviously that the making police told them. They're obviously making some sort of a goofy... Yeah, political something, nonsense something thing weird going on. Yeah. Okay, they noted that candles were often left burning in various rooms of the church building. Reverend Sarah insisted there were no candles in the room where the fire started and that renovations on the basement had been completed just the day before, which meant the fire could not be blamed on faulty wiring or other electrical problems. Mm-hmm. So I, I think part of the model of this is... It's a lot more complicated than we like to simplify. And believe me, us Christians, we like to think things we real like to simple. Think like two we don't want to think two, too deep. Four. But it's a lot more We're complicated done. on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And people have agendas of a lot of different things, and the innocent people suffer. Uh, Christian people shouldn't be bombed, you know, and burned up. Nobody Muslim should. people shouldn't be. Jewish people shouldn't be. None of them shouldn't be. And when any of them are attacked, all of us should drop what we're doing and come to their aid. Mm hmm. I don't think Jesus, you know, I joke about it, but I don't think Jesus would uh, be flying a jet dropping bombs on people. He went to the people who were the most messed up in his society and hung out with them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. He even had he have a, he had a Levite tax collector and a zealot, which mm-hmm. would be a the terrorist. modern yeah, which would be the modern day equivalent of having like a Palestinian suicide bomber and yeah. a 
radical Zionist Orthodox Jew mm-hmm. in his group, mm-hmm. and he was able to keep them separated. Yeah, you know, right. Keep them from killing. Exactly, each other. exactly. So because he had another kingdom that he was focusing yeah, on. Yeah, that's the whole. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I've seen a few comments, not not as much in our in basket about Reverend Wormbrand and about mm-hmm. our, you know, his book mm-hmm. Jesus Friend of Terrorist. Uh, it was eye opening to a few people who've okay. seen it, but I haven't heard as much as I thought. Yeah. I probably. I'll, I'll tell you what. I actually cried a little bit in the middle in the middle of that interview. There were some things in it I just thought were so moving and so well, needed to be said. That's good. That means you still have a soul. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> Maybe defect, still defective thinking, but yeah. you have soul. Yeah. You know, I, so. Well, I'm sure that there are no shortage of people who think I have defective thinking. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Even at the table here. Pyro. Pyro? Okay. okay. Give us a story, brother. All right. Tom. Uh, U.S. slips to 49th in life expectancy. This kind of goes along. In, with is, are you just doing like list of U.S. in in list? That's been your theme, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, no, you know, I mean that's okay. I just found sorry. it's an interesting theme. Yeah, it, it does sort of bookend with the other one. I wanted to get to them yeah. both, well, but we didn't quite have enough time. Lists are sort of the end things now. If you yeah. go on TV shows on cable or in the news, it's always like the top ten most dangerous spiders or the I don't know ten most remotest place on earth or whatever like that. Yeah. So. Sort of fits. Okay, well, now where's U.S. On, on this list? Uh, it slips to 49th in life expectancy. Americans die sooner than citizens of a dozen other developed, developed nations, and the usual suspects, obesity, traffic accidents, and a high murder rate are not to blame, researchers reported Thursday. Instead, poor health care may be to blame, the team at Columbia University in New York reported. They found that a 15-year survival, that 15-year survival rates for men and women aged 40 to 65 uh, have fallen in the United States relative to the other 12 countries over the past 30 years. That's like mm. crazy. Well, you know what? More dying. It sounds like it's a job well done by the globalists mm-hmm. and uh, the there's, elitists there's, who are trying to reduce our lifespan. Well, biphenyl A, which was uh, BPA, mm-hmm. you know, BPA stuff that you find in water bottles, has now tested positive that it uh, makes men sterile. I just mm-hmm. read that a couple of days ago. I didn't get a chance to bring it in. You know, that is a satanic teaching that they wanted to. In fact, part of if you read really the deep, deep stuff of mm-hmm. deep satanic New Age stuff, the Pythagorean things, mm-hmm. they basically want to create that the triangle represents the man and woman both evolving into a hermaphroditic figure. Mm-hmm. That basically, that sort of retaining godhood where you have like the features of both, which is eerily like that article from Garlow I read earlier. Mm-hmm. But but also what it does is it makes you sterile. Well, that's why... And that's really what, what Satan would love to do. If he can't destroy us all individually, he would love to sterilize the human race. You he, know, he, he messed out on the kinsman redeemer. Yeah. Jesus made it with all the things he tried to do to stop it. But now he'd like to sterilize us so he uses these soft kill weapons. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting to note that when they were looking to standardize how plastic would be made in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. there was 70-odd potential chemical combinations that they could pick. And they picked the only one that contained biphenyl A and mimicked uh, female estrogen. Hmm. The only one. Hmm. It's like, I mean, it's, it's right there, hmm. you know? Yeah. And well, we've got we've got bovine growth hormone that's actually feminizing men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's making girls go into puberty now at like age of nine. Mm-hmm. Men are are actually. Having, I've even read some articles where they were saying that 
um, well, I don't know if this is true or not, but they talked about even like rise of homosexuality. They've climbed along with it. Hmm. And I, I can't say, you know, I believe there's a spiritual issue there, but yeah. I can't say that there aren't physical things that go on with that too because when people have had those sex change operations and hormone treatments and stuff, mm-hmm. it changes their mind. It changes all these other kind of things that go on. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Satan to do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But should I do know, should I do another quick story because that one was very long? To. Yeah. Um, you know, we you have, have another a, list story and where we are. Well, it it might as well be about as exciting. Okay. Um, it it does sort of continue vaguely with that theme and goes back to another thing that we haven't talked much about, which is sort of uh, the end of economic dog- dominance and the rise of mm-hmm. you know this yeah. crazy capitalist state. And kind of goes back to the to the story we did a couple of days ago. I did on the. Uh, Meeting at Jekyll Island. Lay it off. All right. Treasury draws negative yield for the first time ever. This now, is, now, last week you read about the tips, the negative tips. Mm-hmm. Is this related to this or something different? Yeah. The, well, the tips are sold through the Federal Reserve, as I recall, right? Are they sold? Well, they're Treasury. Oh, they're Treasury, treasury bond. Yeah. Uh, well, this is this is sort of the same thing, except it's not just the tips. It's uh, the like the one step up from the uh, you know the what do they call it? They have this big sellout of uh, various kinds of things: five-year bonds, tips, mm-hmm. you know, bonds and yeah, yeah. T bills. Um, I'll I'll just read it and get out of your way here. You're not in my way. I'm sorry. I'll just apologize. I should just apologize right at the beginning of the show from now on. Yeah, let's make that just a regular feature. Just apologize for I'm being Tom Bionic, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Then the rest of the show, I can apologize for me. So, okay. Uh, Treasury draws negative yield for the first time. Mm -hmm. Via Bloomberg, the Treasury sold $10 billion of five-year Treasury inflated protected securities at a negative yield for the first time in history of U.S. debt. Mm -hmm. The securities drew a yield of negative 0.55%, the same as the average forecast in a Bloomberg news survey of several of the Federal Reserve's 18 primary dealers. One of which interestingly changed just recently. The uh, 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 there was a, a by ger- the way that'll probably get worse now because they're buying like up to a trillion dollars in bonds a month to try to depress the returns on all bonds and stuff. Yeah, to force people to go into stocks and it'll make an artificial bubble. Mm-hmm. It's going to increase inflation too. Well, I read a fascinating article about that a couple of months ago where they said if the Fed tries this, they risk making a convex. Uh, yield curve, um, because people will won't be betting about they'll they'll be betting mm-hmm. that the U.S. fails instead of um, so they'll so that means the long term returns will be lower than short term. Yes, and has that ever happened before? No, no. And they said one of the things that one of the things that'll happen is you'll start seeing negative before that happens is you might start seeing negative returns on the treasury, and if that happens and they mess with it too much, then that's going to get that's going to get reflected in other sort of rates of return, and when that does, we're in a lot of lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. We're in, we're we're days or months away from like Mad Max. So, get your black jacket and your see that glove. to me would only make the sense of deflation, where like since a dollar's increasing in value, you actually get paid less of them later mm-hmm. to reflect it. But it's a bizarre sort of thinking that we're not used to thinking. Sure. You know, well, it's a, uh, yeah. because even the negative tips aren't really negative. T- that's a negative total return. It means it's paying 0.55 less than inflation. Mm-hmm. Just like people who I think 
I think when you get Social Security raises, it's usually like either at the at the um, consumer price index or one percent below. Mm-hmm. So the real return is a negative one mm-hmm. compared to inflation, and mm-hmm. that's what that those tips are. But you know, they've never been negative period before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if inflation goes five percent, you'd get four point four five percent on okay. it. Okay, yeah. but you're losing ground on your purchasing mm-hmm. power like that. So. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder if grandma's mattress is not the best investment at that point. Well, yeah. You'd say gold and silver, but the problem is is they seem to be awfully intent on uh, taking the name and address of anybody who buys over right. $100 worth. And they take it whenever they want, like FDR did. Yeah. He's already confiscated yeah. Confiscated it, so. in mass. And it's hard to eat. Yep. Uh, would you like a story from me? Sure. Okay. Are you done? Or yeah, you no, want that's it. That? I just okay. wanted to sort of reflect that. Okay. Well, let me... Let me uh, Talk. This is from from our long good old friend Danger Room at uh, Wired.com. I love that. They site. have such great stories. Yeah. I had more that I've had to Me put too. in the back here, but this is um, uh, um, weapons uh, to overwhelm enemy minds, like neuro weapons. Okay, mm. uh, it sounds like something a wild-eyed basement dweller could come up with after he complained about the fit of his tinfoil hat. The military bureaucrats really are asking scientists to help them, quote, degrade enemy performance by attacking the brain's, quote, chemical pathways. Let the conspiracy theories begin. Late last month, the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory, where I used to work, Mm -hmm. the 711th Human Performance Wing, revamped a call for research proposals examining advances in bioscience for airman performance. It's a six-year, $49 million effort to deploy extreme neuroscience and biotechnology in the service of warfare. Mm -hmm. This can get to be some pretty weird stuff if you're talking about the frontiers of neuroscience. One suggested research thrust is to use external stimulant technology to enable the airman to maintain focus on aerospace tasks and receive and process greater amounts of operational relevant information. Mm. Um, Also, they're told to look into uh, fusible multiple human sensing modalities to develop the capability for special operation forces to rapidly identify human-borne threats. Uh, But the oddest and most disturbing of the program's many suggested directions is the one that notes, conversely, the chemical pathway area could include methods to degrade enemy performance and artificially overwhelm enemy cognitive capabilities. That's right. The Air Force wants a way to fry foes' minds or at least make them a little dumber. Uh, it's the, that's weird. It's the kind of official statement that's seized on by anyone who is sure that the CIA planted a microchip in his head or thinks the Air Force is controlling mines with an antenna array in Alaska, which all may be true. Yeah. The same could be said about the 711th call to develop technologies to anticipate, find, fix, track, identify, and characterize human intent and psychological status anywhere and at any time. This idea may sound wild, they are wild, but notions are completely out of the military-industrial mainstream. Uh, for years, armed forces and intelligence community researchers have toyed with ways of manipulating minds. During the Cold War, the CIA and the military allegedly plied the unwielding with dozens of psychoactive drugs in a series of zany and sometimes dangerous mind control experiments. More recently, the Pentagon's most revered scientific advisory board warned in 2008 that adversaries could develop enhancements to their cognitive capabilities and thus create a threat to national security. Sort of like the old, you know, race with the Russians, you know. I'm sure they're doing it. I'm sure the Russians are doing it, so we better do it. So we better do it. The National Research Council, and I'm sorry. So who's going to be doing it now? 
terrorists, guys in a cave making cognitive weapons that will overwhelm, mm-hmm. that yeah. are right on the frontiers of yeah. neuroscience? Uh, most of the stuff they had, we gave them. So. The National Research Council and the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, followed suit, pushing for pharma-based tactics to weaken enemy forces. Pharma-based. Drugs. In recent months, the Pentagon has funded projects to optimize troops' minds, prevent injuries, preemptively assess vulnerability to traumatic stress, and even conduct remote control of brain activity using ultrasound. Hmm. A remote where they could point ultrasound at your brain and control what you're thinking. I think they've, uh, I think they've got one pointed at my house. Uh, the, the Air Force is warning... Yeah, pointed at me right now. I don't know. Yeah, well, we're a good jamming mechanism, future quake, for mm-hmm. our listeners. The Air Force is warning potential researchers that this project may require top-secret clearance. Hmm. Um, so I, w- I just want to summarize this by saying what they're talking about doing is using chemical pathways, something that can get into you, to change the way you perceive the world. Hmm. And what that is the ultimate assault somebody can do on you, hmm. is to change what your understanding of reality is. It's like a form of madness. I mean, they can make you think big bugs are attacking you in hmm. your house. And you would be able to know reality differently well, in the world that they're in. Well, and I think it's incredibly instructive to look at recent history. You know, one of the one of the stories that you shared in the last six months maybe was how the CIA dumped all that LSD in the water there, that mm-hmm. uh, country, uh, that France. city in France. Yeah, yeah. and they all, they all went crazy. Yep. And, you know, if they did that here in this country, they could use that as justification for a lockdown. They could take a city and make people go crazy mm-hmm. and show, look, we've had martial war, you know, law based upon some attack over the election or something mm-hmm. and lock down everything. Hmm. But, uh, Maybe that's coming. I, you know, this is the world we're in. And, you know, the only answer I know of, because there, for the average person, there's no defense, no natural defense against any of this. Mm-hmm. The only, and, and let me just mention one example, too. One way where this was used, if you go back and look at the records of the file, German files, that's what they came up with sodium fluoride for. Mm-hmm. They put it in water supply, and they were going to even put it in... docile. And even put it in the enemies. They were going to not only do the POWs like we talked about before, but I've now learned that they had planned it to, like dump it like in our water supply and stuff mm-hmm. to make us easier to conquer. And this was in their records. This is actual Nazi records. Mm-hmm. So we're exposed to it everywhere. And I, the only solution I know is that, one, you better get right with Jesus and give him your heart and life and mm-hmm. turn your life over to him and pray that he can protect your mind because only Jesus can protect your mind right now. The, the enemy has too many tools at their disposal to completely manipulate what happens to you. Yeah. Uh, and without Jesus and the protection of the internal Holy Spirit, you know, to bind the strong man, mm-hmm. we don't have any hope. And if you don't mind, can I say a quick prayer for all of us? For Please that? hit us. Yep. Heavenly Father, I just want to quickly pray to you on behalf of uh, Tom and I and all our Futurians that the more we learn about this, the more we recognize how helpless we are in the physical state. Uh, things could be going on right now to manipulate us, to control us, and much worse is in store in the future. And only through your divine protection do we have any hope. Lord, if any of our listeners have not given their heart and their life over to you, Lord, under your lordship, I pray they would do it right now, if, if out of fear of any other motive, Lord, mm-hmm. but that they would do that and come under your protection, under your lordship, and give their life over to you because we're in dangerous days coming up and we need 
the clear thinking that only your spirit can provide. Mm-hmm. We thank you so much. Uh, for your word. It's a solid rock we can stand on. And thank you for giving us each other. And we pray for wisdom and discernment and protection in the days ahead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And we're coming up into our last lesson a minute here. What do you got to wrap up for the week? Oh, Halliburton. Turns out Halliburton knew that their, uh, their, the cement they, they poured for the, uh, the well there in Mac, the Gulf of Mexico was faulty. And I'll just quote the, huh. uh, the Presidential Commission investigating the blowout, they said, and I quote, Halliburton and BP both had results in March showing that a very similar foam slurry design to the one actually pumped at the Macondo well would be unstable, but neither acted upon the data. Hmm. Oops. Well, so it's a good thing we make them like the main contractor for building everything around the yeah. world for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to stories about Yemen. Um the stories that have now come out from the main news wires is the CIA has been given total control over our soldiers now in Yemen. So expect another war to grow. Maybe I'll have time next week to talk about it. What is the CIA doing running our soldiers? They've done it for a long time. Uh, well, I know that, but now it's out in public. It's yeah. like, oh, no big deal. Here we need go. to go. Yeah. Merv, would you come tell our listeners how to contact us at FutureQuake? FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. We've run late. All right. Come back for our traditional Future Quake show next week. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake.